0: Greetings, welcome, bienvenidos, hola, aloha, ni hao, namaste, konnichiwa, bonjour, bonjourno. Sawadee karabh, guten tak, jau, wee, viva, kat bang, day, jai, janendra, salam, shalom, peace. Now, go vegan. Peace how? Go vegan. From the new right-left coast of the genetically mutated McNugget Pharmaceutical Vivisection Prison, military, industrial, corporation in the cheese covered, post constitutional, bankster, bankrupt, corruptocracy, democracy, criminocracy, unchallenged by meti-a-meti-ocrity, uh, food born in the NSA, NRA, CIA, USA, home of Uncle Salmonella, where they sure do eat a lot of dead animal body parts, and the Wall Street backed corporate diet of death disease and destruction is shoved down your throat this is go vegan radio with bob linden and uh believe me as you will well agree there is no business like vegan show business Uh, or i have no business being in this business this vegan show business or what business this 501c3 business this 501c3 educational business um, so okay, so today we are going to go from holiday ham to holiday scam, animal charity, and I'm uh, just wondering how much uh, your donation will hurt animals this year. Huh? Well, coming up today, um, later on the program, we will talk to Professors Gary Francione and Anna Charlton about their brand new book just released. And also on today's program, we will interview a humane pig farmer. You must hear this. Don't go anywhere. So um, I've been sending out holiday ham uh, warnings. Um, Just wondering, would you feed your family honey-baked asbestos? Of course not. Because you know that Honey isn't vegan, right? Honey is bee vomit, an animal product. Uh, yes, it's the food that they eat, you know. And you know we steal it from them, their own vomit. Yes, that's what they like to eat. Um, and you just happen to have a sweet tooth for insect vomit. Um, and you can easily get over it. You know, you can you can easily sweeten your asbestos dinner. Um, with organic uh, agave or date sugar or maple syrup or stevia or uh, stevia or stevia those three choices there organic cane sugar um and uh, not refined sugar though you know like c and h the refined sugar that's filtered through cow bones or bone char and uh, like honey is not vegan and, you know, little little bits of bone would make your holiday asbestos dinner not vegan. Um, you know, and at least the family would have a fighting chance if the centerpiece on your table were a big platter of baked asbestos. You yeah, know, I mean... Um, at least then someone in the family would ask, Hey, Mom, Dad, what are you doing feeding us here? What, you know... Uh what's the deal? It's like you're you're giving us a plate of cancer here, right? So at least that would be brought up with a plate of asbestos. Uh it probably won't uh you know be an issue that's raised when the holiday ham is presented. So once again as a public service, holiday ham warning, holiday ham warning. From 501c3 educational nonprofit Go Vegan Radio, representing suffering innocent murdered pigs, ham causes cancer. Um, how many exclamation points do you need after that? Ham causes cancer. The World Health Organization now classifies processed meat as Group 1 carcinogenic to humans. This includes ham, bacon, sausage, hot dogs, salami, pastrami, corned beef, um, other deli meat, jerky, plus canned meat um, and uh, meat-based preparations and sauces. Uh, Processed meats can be derived from pigs, cows, lambs, goats, chickens, turkeys, offal, and blood uh, and isn't it all awful isn't it all blood um the world health organization also now classifies uh so-called uh, red meat red meat as group 2a probably carcinogenic to humans uh red meat refers to all mammalian muscle meat and includes beef pork veal mutton lamb goat and horse uh, and so now that you know that now that you know you you, you you can't erase you can't you know you can't put your hands over your ears right now and sing la 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 uh, now that you know that the holiday ham um, that you know just about most of what you feed your family really comes right down to it look at the sandwiches and all of that all that processed meats um... and the red meats um, and you know we can go into dairy and eggs and we do that all the time here so uh, they are no better but right now for the moment everybody's getting ready to sit down to that holiday ham um, and you know the the holiday you know the family that eats holiday ham together um, apparently visits the oncologist together and you know so now what do you do you know does your family sit down to that traditional holiday, you know, honey baked group one carcinogen, um, or does a new family tradition begin now? Okay, there's a bright side to all of this, right? You know, okay, so um, now that we have new information, we can do something new. We can go vegan, right? I mean, is it fair to the kids? Um, is it fair to mom and dad, or or is it fair to the pigs and other animals? Now, now that you know, right? um so i mean what can i say the The family gatherings obviously obviously you you value your family you value your family's health and going vegan just became your most valuable family value do it today um and it's delicious so um i know you know like that's really really serious so you know i mean it's like a call to action why why have one more bite of of a class one or you know group one or group two a carcinogen when you can go vegan and it is so delicious i mean let me just recommend just just look at the menu at vegetarian house vegetarian house is a vegan restaurant in san jose 520 East santa clara street Go to vegetarianhouse.us and just look at the menu. You know, just to think like, wow, you know, vegans, vegans have it pretty, pretty good when it comes to to food. You know, we we don't sacrifice anything and we don't sacrifice anyone. So there is your warning um, from Go Vegan Radio. So you can thank me. By the way, if, if you like sure. Thank Go Vegan Radio for the information that saves your family your family's life. Uh, you can make a donation at goveganradio.com. Uh, find the donate button there. You can support us through Patreon. You can send the check to Go Vegan Radio, PO Box four seven five four one four, San Francisco, California nine four one four seven, and uh, yeah. So uh, thanks 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 go vegan radio with bob linden for the information that saved our family's life we are going to go vegan and uh, the money we were going to spend at honey baked ham we're we're going to send to you now okay and uh thank you uh go vegan radio with bob linden for being one of the only media outlets to inform us that going vegan is the only solution to uh climate change And since animal agriculture is the number one cause of climate change, responsible for at least 51% of human-caused greenhouse gas emissions, um, going vegan is the only solution. That's what the top climate specialists in the world tell us. So, uh, it seems like we have a a mighty important radio program right here. You know, I mean... uh, look look at what's out there and here we have go vegan radio we've been doing this now for 16 years we started in 2001 uh, on radio stations in los angeles and then san francisco we started on krla and then added on kycy the cbs affiliate in um, san francisco we've been on the air america radio network Um, Alex Jones Network, the Genesis Communications Network. And we're doing this here podcast right now. And uh, we are dedicated to the vegan cause. So, I mean, if which is uh, what's most important, apparently, if that's what can save your family and save the planet. And not too many people are talking about it in that way. Um, We ask your support uh, in helping us spread the word uh, in even greater ways we've been involved with organizing major events like the world vegan summit and expo and planet fest and community fest and um and we want to keep doing that except it seems like uh, most of the most of the funding has been diverted away from that vegan cause the most important cause the only one that saves your family saves the planet um and so, oh, so let me, you know, all, all of these organizations like to take, uh, you know, like like to claim victories, so people will send donations. This is the time of year where people are asking for donations. So, um, it has been reported recently in report by our UK that the um, vegan population in the United States has surged to six percent. Um, Up from 1% in 2014. So Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden would like to take credit for that surge. Uh, 6% of the U.S. population now identifies as vegan, which uh, means millions and millions of people if you do the math, right? I mean, could it be 18 million? What? So is that an overestimate? Could it be 15 million? 12 11 10 when i grew up in new york city the population was 8 million it was the biggest city in the u.s that's huge so um help us uh, keep it going and keep it growing uh with the information that people need and the events and the media um and of course you know when you th- when you think uh you know of go vegan radio go vegan radio with bob linden what what comes to mind first for you huh what um, investigative reporting okay yeah all right i'll i'll go with that for for today's show all right very good very good um, and yes uh, you know i just happen to uh, have uh, something on today's program to to prove that we the go vegan radio hidden microphone was there the annual award ceremony for animal charity evaluators. Um that's right, we we were there. We we were there undercover, hidden microphone, at the twenty seventeen Animal Charity Evaluators Scammy Awards. And this event was held at a uh, Chipotle's in Hoboken, New Jersey. Um Why Chipotles? Um, Well, it was said that uh, Bruce Friedrich had coupons, and uh, Bruce Friedrich is Nick Cooney's partner in New Crop Capital. Bruce Friedrich... Uh, is the director of the Good Food Institute so when uh, Bruce Friedrich says something is good food uh, this group listens uh, in fact back when he was with PETA Bruce Friedrich said uh, he thanked Chipotle uh, he thanked Chipotle uh, Chipotle for uh, improving the dying methods of the animals as he said it so um, and uh, so there you have it so, uh, as I said, Go Vegan Radio was uh, undercover with microphones there, uh, recording this private dinner for Nick Cooney's family and friends, whom he personally invited, and uh, he uh, he was the host. And now uh, we'll join that event. And by the way, if uh, if any of the um, characters people at uh, at this uh, animal charity evaluators event sound like me um, it, it's probably because of the processing in my computer the audio processing and you know the the programs we're using so um, I can assure you that these are uh, the uh, the actual people uh, there at, at, at this event so I'll just hit the uh, the play button here and uh, it'll be uh, Nick Cooney okay alright so Welcome, everyone, to Nick Cooney's Animal Charity Evaluators 2017 Scammy Awards with Nick Cooney. I'm your host, Nick Cooney. The Animal Charity Evaluators 2017 Scammy Awards with Nick Cooney is made possible by a generous grant from the Open Philanthropy Project. This reminder... You'll want to donate to Animal Charity Evaluators and its recommended charities too based on the praise we received in the Open Philanthropy Project endorsement of Animal Charity Evaluators. That makes you all happy in the audience? Okay, very good. All right. Yes, um, the Open Philanthropy Project said that Animal Charity Evaluators quote has relied on low quality research. Oh, no, no. Don't be upset. Don't be upset. Uh, no, no, no. We actually deserve applause for that. Um, now, it, it didn't say we relied on the lowest quality research. No, 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 no. Uh, Open Philanthropy Project just said that uh, ACE Quote, has relied on low-quality research. All right, and again, it didn't say the lowest. And it gets even better. Open Philanthropy Project also said, "Quote, Animal Charity Evaluators, or it said, ACE has reduced, although not entirely eliminated, its reliance on low-quality data." End quote. Wow, isn't that great? That we have reduced ACE, we have reduced our reliance on low-quality data. We haven't uh, eliminated it yet, but we're making progress, okay? Oh, we are getting praise, praise, praise. And even after that, the Open Philanthropy Project said, quote, we continue to have our reservations. Whoa! Whoa! Isn't that great? With accolades and a glowing assessment of us like that, you know what the Open Philanthropy Project did next? Do you know? It gave animal charity evaluators a grant for $500,000 for not using the lowest quality research. (laughs) Isn't that great? And that brings us to our first scammy award of the night the 2017 Person of the Year. And it goes to Lewis Bollard, yes, the animal uh, welfare director of the Open Philanthropy Project. He's the guy that writes the checks. You all know Lewis very, very well. Remember how you first got acquainted with Lewis? He was a guest on the Our Hen House podcast. I understand you can hear what he's had to say on the May 9th, 2017 archive at GoVeganRadio.com where that program is prominently featured. Once again, I remind you, this is the Animal Charity Evaluators Annual Awards, the 2017 Scammies now saluting person of the year. Former Humane Society of the United States policy advisor Lewis Bollard on uh, that uh, podcast interview uh, we discussed Lewis, Lewis we talked about we we first met you on uh, an Our Hen House podcast and We would like to uh, talk about uh, uh, some of what was said on that podcast and what what you said. Um, You know, the hosts on that podcast ordained you as the most important person in the animal movement right now. The hosts uh, saying that uh, there you are. You are giving money and advising others. So... The host uh, asked you at the time, Lewis, uh, if you remember, they said, what is your selection criteria? So, uh, Lewis, do you, do you remember what your answer was? Well, I want to thank you, uh, Nick, for uh, first of all having me on today's uh, presentation. Um, I know people might expect me to uh, have an Australian accent, Um uh, but uh, I've been working on losing that, especially uh, for the crowd here in New Jersey. I would like the crowd to uh, be able to understand me. So I'm I'm here in the United States. I went to Harvard and Yale, and uh, I think it's about time that, uh, you know, I... I talk like an American, uh, so I am. Uh, I hope I'm doing a good job uh, losing my accent. But I can assure you, I, I am Australian. I'm drinking a Foster's right here now. Um, hey, uh, throw another uh, cage-free shrimp on the Barbie there, please, for me. Throw, throw it. Yes, yeah. Throw a cage-free sh- shrimp on the Barbie for me. And uh, oh, uh, wait. Uh, let me take my, uh, my my earbuds out. I'm 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 listening to Men at Work. Uh, down under um, so yes uh, thank you very much uh, what, what, what was the question Nick uh, Lewis I asked you uh, you remember you were on the podcast Our Hen House and uh, the host there asked you what was your selection ki- uh, criteria do you remember your answer Oh yes, now I, I remember, Nick. Um, uh, I, as I said, uh, we were w- we're working on our selection, uh, selection criteria. We're we're working on it. Um, and Lewis, uh, you were also asked, um, you know, straight out from, by the host. The, the The host asked you, "How do you know what works? How do you know what works? Uh, do you remember your answer, Lewis? Uh, yes Nick I uh, I said uh I am quoting myself here uh this is Lewis Ballard quoting Lewis Ballard I, I remember saying quote I definitely don't know yet what the best way forward is uh, end quote uh quoting myself here Nick um well that that's uh, that, that that was uh, I, uh, very honest of you, uh Lewis uh, uh, on that podcast and and the the host there uh, seemed to be very thankful uh for you saying uh, uh you know that that you know they they appreciated your honesty in saying that you uh, you didn't know you didn't you, you didn't know what you were doing and you didn't know your criteria yet so um, that w- we, we, we we they were appreciating your, your honesty, um, and um, let's see. So that was uh, you you were, you were asked how do you know what works? Okay, um, and uh, then also, uh, Louis, you were uh, asked. Uh, let's see, I have it right here in front of me. Louis, uh, you were asked. Um, is it a problem to ask people to go vegan? Uh that's what the hosts asked you. Uh is it a problem to ask people to go vegan? And uh Lewis, do you remember uh what what your answer was at the time? Do you remember? Uh oh uh, yes, uh Nick uh, I I uh, uh well uh I don't know. Uh what you, you, oh, so Lewis, you don't remember what your answer was? No, no, that was my answer. My, my, my answer was, uh, I don't know. Uh, when they asked me, uh, you know, is it a problem to ask people to vegan to, to go vegan? I don't know. Well, Lewis, again, uh, it's just wonderful, uh, that, uh, you are the, uh, person of the year, person of the year. Um, Congratulations, and uh, now um, we award the uh, twenty seventeen. Thank you, Louis. We're, we're done. You got, that, uh, you got your checkbook with you, Louis? Louis, Louis. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, Louis is going over to the Barbie. Um, okay. Well, all right. Anyway, thank, th- thank you, thank you, Louis, uh, for for your in-depth uh, responses uh, to to. All of this, obviously, you are uh, the uh, the most important person in the animal movement. Uh, oh, oh Louis, wait, right here, there, 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 you, you forgot your scammy. Take your scammy. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a yes. It is beautiful. The scammy is a beautiful statue of Wayne Pacelli making a bank deposit. Yes, okay. Enjoy, Louis. Thank you for being with us today. Okay, thank you, Louis. Okay, um, now we award the twenty seventeen scammies to our top charity our top charity picks of 2017 we have them here that's right that's why we're here having our that's why we're here at Chipotle uh, also here because Bruce has Bruce Friedrich has coupons okay anyway so uh, the 2017 scammies to our top charity picks okay first well well look at that it's it's a repeat winner huh Right, right off the top huh look at that It's uh, Animal Equality International. Uh, We picked it as a top charity from December 2014 to November 2016. We named it a standout charity from November 2016 through November 2017. And now we award once again... Animal Equality International a 2017 scammy for top charity. We at Animal Charity Evaluators well wait a second I uh, I, I should not say we I, uh, Nick Cooney uh, was not uh, a founder I was not a founder of Animal Charity Evaluators and uh, I, Nick Cooney have never been a board member of animal charity evaluators so obviously i have no influence no involvement i'm totally separate you know the, f- uh, the uh, and uh, oh well i mean if 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 you mean having uh, yeah, un- unless you consider being on the oversight committee for the Animal Charity Evaluators Research Fund, that's really not being involved with animal charity evaluators. If, if I mean, yeah, I mean, I was on the oversight committee for the but uh, the, the research fund. But uh, let's continue here. Um, animal Charity Evaluators congratulates Animal Equality. International, we especially appreciate its corporate campaigns for cage-free eggs, um, and how it is taking that love story of happy chickens to Latin America, Europe, and India. Thank you, Animal Equality, for translating the cage-free egg campaign into so many languages. So many languages. Cage-free eggs. Love. I mean, nothing says love like cage-free eggs, right? Okay. Um, thank you also, um, Animal Equality, for using my research. Thank you. Thank you for... I certainly appreciate uh, that you used... My research. So, from 2014 to 2018, uh, both when Animal Charity Evaluators relied on low-quality research, according to the Open Philanthropy Project, and now when it doesn't rely on low-quality research, at least we hope we don't. Um, uh, amazingly, Animal um, Charity Evaluators seems to still award the same groups. Anyway, so. Anyway, uh, Animal Equality International has been a top recommendation um, since, uh, you know, 2014. 2014. So, anyway, the 2017 scammy for Animal Equality International uh, will be accepted today by me, Nick Cooney. Um, and I thank the founder of Animal Equality International for publishing my book and using my research. As I said, I have nothing to do with Animal Equality International. I accept the 2017 scammy for top charity, Animal Equality International, and no, 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 there are no conflicts of interest here. You. You read what those mean people were saying on the internet. No, people, people keep making accusations that the only charities that always win our, to, our, our top choice awards are associated with me. Well, remember, I am not a founder of animal charity, of, of, of uh, Animal Charity Evaluators and I have not been on its board. As I said, just because I've been a member of Animal Charity Evaluators Animal Advocacy Research Fund Oversight Committee doesn't mean I influence who gets a scammy. Our next top charity for 2017 is the Humane League, which I founded. Yes, founded by Nick Cooney, and so I'll accept the award for that too. Here, give me, give me that statue of, yep, Wayne Pacelli making a bank deposit. Beautiful. Beautiful scammy uh, statue. Yeah. So, uh, okay, I will accept this scammy for the Humane League. And finally, our third top charity of 2017 will look at this, the Good Food Institute. Now, just because I, Nick Cooney, am on the board of the Good Food Institute, and the Good Food Institute was founded by Mercy for Animals... And I am executive vice president of Mercy for Animals. Again, none of this means that I influence decisions at all here. Look, huh? Look, I'll even have someone else accept an award for a change instead of me, Nick Cooney. Okay? So accepting the 2017 scammy for top animal charity. For the Good Food Institute, it's its director, Bruce Friedrich, who is a managing trustee, just like I am, at New Crop Capital, which I founded. Bruce, here's the scammy. Say a few words, okay? Uh, Thank you, Nick Cooney. Uh, Animal Charity Evaluators... Hey, uh did you know Bill Gates bought the Seattle Times today? Yeah, he buys it every day. <laughs> okay, thank you Bruce. Um we certainly appreciate uh your humor. And the work that you've done on biotech lab meat, I mean clean, clean meat, uh, you know, the meat that comes from animals that we tell people doesn't come from animals, yeah, we just take their cells, they just, oh, they love to get, here, take my cell, ah, I have too many cells, take a cell. Take us take some cells huh um, so it'll be so great when Good Food Institute gets all the money donated because of animal charity evaluators. We will be able to set up a we, we will set up donor animal farms so that people will be able to eat panda meat humane clean lab panda meat mm. Delicious. We can set up labs to feed those cells the blood of unborn cows, which is what they need. Um, but, you know, ow, oh, and we can even set up the gymnasium required to exercise those cells so they grow into the texture of meat that nobody really wants to buy, but is a victory for animals. Okay, well, uh, so we also thank Bruce Friedrich for his work with Farm Forward um, and uh, the ASPCA uh, helping to build and enlarge a barn for a heritage turkey producer in Kansas. And we thank Bruce for his past uh, work supporting furnished battery cages. You can see why Good Food Institute is a winner. Again, this year and why the humane league is a winner again this year too you just can't get enough of cage-free egg campaigns right right everybody right congratulations congratulations to the humane league it has been one of uh, the animal charity evaluators top charities since 2012 I don't know how these groups monopolize the title. They are just that good. Just that good for animals, I should say. So I said it. The Humane League also gets this year's scammy um, because Animal Charity Evaluators is very impressed with its research from the Humane League labs. And as you know, Animal Charity Evaluators knows research okay let's see here where where are my notes where are my notes here where where's my, my my assistant my my production assistant okay wait oh here we go here all right i'll find it i'll find it here in a second okay all right Nick Cooney doesn't make mistakes like this. Somebody made a mistake for me here on stage just now. Stop it. Okay. All right. I'm back. Nick Cooney. Okay. Okay. Now, the 2017 Scammy. Here, we continue with the awards. The 2017 Scammy for Best Performance by an Animal Charity. This year, it's a tie. Okay. The first Scammy goes to a group. Well, you should all know by now. One of the four groups that always wins our top charity designation year after year. Yes, it's the group that partnered with United Egg Producers in support of Furnished Battery Cages. You know it. It's our heroic Mercy for Animals. Yes, our research this year um, says that Mercy for Animals deserves recognition and the scammy because it has become an effective advocate for cage-free eggs. Congratulations on the scammy for promoting cage-free eggs, mercy for animals. Okay, and now on to the co-winner of this year's scammy for best performance by an animal charity. Well, holy cow, look at that. It's tied with itself. We are making history, people. It is mercy for animals. It, too, gets the co scammy, because before it got $3 million plus, you know, from the Open Philanthropy Project to campaign for cage free eggs, yes, there was the Mercy for Animals warning the public against cage-free eggs that one too wins a scammy there's a scammy for for all positions here today ladies and gentlemen so there was mercy for animals in the past warning the public against cage-free eggs before it campaigned for cage-free eggs mercy for animals used to say don't believe the egg industry hype before Mercy for Animals became the egg industry hype. Mercy for Animals on its own website was telling people that with cage-free eggs all the male chicks are ground alive just after being born. It's horrible, they're ground in a macerator. Macerator? Macerator? All the females are mutilated, they're de and all are murdered when they are no longer productive. One hundred percent of the animals are killed. So exciting! More victories for the animals. For mercy for animals and mercy for animals. Okay, let's move on now to the uh, final award. I know. I know you're you're all uh, you're all excited here. Uh, I move on to the 2017 Lifetime Achievement Award. Scammy. Needless to say, our increased budget and animal charity evaluators, well, has allowed us really to increase the quality. We're not low quality research anymore. We've been able to increase our staff with our $500,000 donation from the Open Philanthropy Project. So, cost was no issue in doing our research. And, uh, well, with more hired staff, you know we got it right this year. We got it right this year at Animal Charity Evaluators. So, listen to the amazing qualifications of this animal charity. The Lifetime Achievement Award. Not only... Uh, Receiving the Lifetime Achievement Award. But again this year being listed on our website as a standout charity. A standout among the standouts. So the Lifetime Achievement scammy for activism like this. Today Animal Charity Evaluators happily recognizes the charity that is a full member of a global alliance for sustainable livestock products, whose mission is to meet a 70% increase in demand for livestock products by 2050. Now, I know, some of you may be wondering that, uh, oh, that's uh, an unusual position for an animal charity, right? Don't worry, there's more. This animal charity also distributed discount coupons for bacon, Isn't that great? Helping to make humane pig flesh more affordable for everyone. Wonderful activism from this charity. Uh, This year's standout charity proposed legislation in California to eliminate waiting time for cats in shelters and to allow dogs and cats to be sold from shelters to private companies like Vivisectors. Standout Animal Charity, great research from Animal Charity Evaluators, you're hearing it right here first. This year's Lifetime Achievement Scammy winner uh, and standout charity also partnered with United Egg Producers and was effective in getting practically the entire animal rights movement to reverse its position, which was opposing furnished battery cages, characterizing them as unacceptable, harmful physiologically and psychologically to birds, and even, well, overnight. Then what happened? Suddenly, all these groups are campaigning for them. So as you can see, this Lifetime Achievement winner is very influential. A standout charity. And not only is our Lifetime Achievement winner the uh, leader in support for furnished battery cages, it is the leader in the cage-free egg movement. That's right. And it crowned McDonald's the hero of all true animal activities. Activists for the promises that Ronald McDonald uh, uh, promised to make, uh, you know, which uh, is uh, uh, what what the old mercy for animals used to complain, you know, used to complain, wasn't wasn't good for wasn't good for, for hens. You know, but, but now campaigns for them. So, anyway, um, so uh, McDonald's now uh, is the uh, hero of uh, the uh, animal activists, thanks to this group. And it doesn't stop there. Our standout charity also sponsored a four night extravaganza uh, at restaurants in Denver called Hoofin' It. That's right, a different hoofed animal on the menu each night. This is the cutting edge of animal charity. Our award winning charity also promotes grass-fed beef and has numerous agriculture councils comprised of meat, dairy, and egg producers. This is Animal Charity Evaluators' research at its finest. You must admit, our Lifetime Achievement Award winner has shown itself to be quite thrifty. That's important. Thrift. Knowing how to spend uh, the funds that come in. And so... uh, The uh, this charity was very thrifty in uh, the funds that it spent in uh, disaster relief and rescue. It spent very little of uh, the money it got for disaster relief on rescue uh, in those disasters. So uh, that's thrifty, and uh, so. We could go on and on about the accomplishments of today's uh, uh, Lifetime Achievement Award winner, you know, and how it's been managed by a pig farmer, you know, it's a big tent, big tent, pig farmer managed it, and it, had a lot of influence on its policies, yeah. And also recognizing this animal charity um, would like you to donate to it to help it wreak Coop the twenty-five million dollars in donor money that it had to cough up to Ringling Brothers in um, in a settlement, in a racketeering uh, settlement, um, and of course you know by now this scammy goes to the Humane Society of the United States and accepting the award uh, will be Pig Farmer Joe Maxwell, the Humane Society of the United States uh, Vice President who, who ran the place and uh, Joe, Joe will be working his way through the crowd. Actually, he's he's handing out the discount bacon bacon coupons to everyone. Everyone grab one, okay? Alright. Uh, th- terrific. T- t- uh, hey, uh, oh, oh, we're out of time. Look at that, uh, ladies and gentlemen gentlemen. Uh, Chipotle, we, we got to get out of this private room here. Uh, they got more people coming in, so uh, we hope you enjoyed this year's Nick Cooney's Animal Charity Evaluators Scammy Awards, presented by Nick Coom- Cooney. Uh, you would think I would know how to pronounce that by now, uh, but I you know, I just say it so much, uh, it's like I don't even have to think, right? Okay, so, oh, let me get this right for the credits here, okay? Uh... Uh, We hope you enjoyed this year's Nick Cooney's Animal Charity Evaluators Scammy Awards presented by Nick Cooney in cooperation with Nick Cooney. Uh, A Nick Cooney production in association with Nick Cooney produced by Nick Cooney directed by Nick Cooney written by Nick Cooney based on an idea by Nick Cooney. Okay, we are back to reality. There you have it. Uh, <laughs> directly from the awards dinner, huh? Okay. This is Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, a 501c3 nonprofit uh, to which you can donate for the vegan cause. Uh, you can find the donate button at goveganradio.com you can send your check to go vegan radio po box 475414 san francisco california 94147 oh we checked the po box no checks from lewis Bollard of the open philanthropy project so yeah so uh i guess we have to ask you to help us out in the vegan cause okay uh and that's uh uh, that is the cause to which we're dedicated vegan advocacy vegan education uh, all that we have uh, done and want to continue to do uh, but as you can see all the money seems to be um, taking a detour uh, to uh, uh, what can you say uh, you know the causes of animal abuse and uh, so if uh, if you if you support the v- vegan cause we would greatly appreciate it if you would go to goveganradio.com and make a donation um also check out radio bobby uh new from go vegan radio that's our 24 7 music uh music station um and if you've had enough of holiday music by now um head on over to go vegan we're not playing any holiday music but we are playing uh Some of the best music you've ever heard. All kinds of great music. I tell you, it is the music experience of a lifetime. Okay, so coming up on today's show, as I mentioned, uh, we'll hear about the new book from Professor Gary Francione and Professor Anna Charlton. And uh, coming up next, you must hear this. It is our interview with a humane pig farmer, Gustav Soderfeldt. Okay? He is coming up next. You must hear what he has to say, especially if uh, you believe you are buying uh, humane meat, dairy, eggs. Stay with us here on Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com. Continue now on Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at GoVeganRadio.com. on Twitter at goveganradio Facebook Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden. Uh, don't forget we have our new twenty four seven music radio station at RadioBobby.com. com, and you can support us with a tax deductible donation so we can keep on going and. Uh, keep the radio show happening, Radio Bobby, and of course uh, we've been involved with uh, producing many events in the past and we want to do more in the future, so uh, we need your help to do that, so um, there's a donate button at GoVeganRadio.com, also you can support us through Patreon. So today um, we are going to talk to a farmer, a farmer in Sweden, Gustav Sutterfeld, um is in Sweden, and uh, welcome Gustav, how are you today?
1: I'm fine. Uh, thanks for having me on, Bob. And, thank, yeah. Hello. Th-
0: thank you for being with us. Yeah. So. Um, so Gustav, uh, your story is very interesting and will, of course, be interesting to my audience. Um, what was it about? Eleven years ago, you 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 grew up in the city. Um,
1: yeah, I'm from the city originally. Yes. What what's, what city? If I if I if I. Um, he- it's Malmö, it's in the south of Sweden, very close to Copenhagen, uh, ah. in Denmark. Okay. So, um, yeah, so. I, I grew up there, there in the city and um, became more and more, you know, and I didn't. I wasn't really happy in the city. You know, I wanted to move out to the countryside and 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 start a farm. Really, that's the that's the beginning of the story.
0: Uh huh. So you were living in the city. You weren't happy living in the city. How, what were you doing in this? Were you?
1: I was studying. I was working a little bit as a journalist, uh, doing some small jobs here and there. You know, I just mm-hmm. you know wanted to be a bit closer to nature. I think and get away from. The, the, the hustle and the bustle of the city, mm. the, the traffic, you know, and um, also I, I really like doing things. So I, I wanted to, you know, build stuff and make things and, and uh, make a difference, uh, um, I think. So I, I was kind of, you know, really wanted to to get my hands dirty and, and start uh, doing things, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. well in the city you can get your hands dirty in many different ways but
1: <laughs> <laughs> well yeah exactly, yeah but I, I like nature also and I kind of you know like the, the peacefulness sort of, um, mm-hmm. um, of, of nature you know Sweden is a very it's quite sparsely populated you know so you have the big cities of course but then outside of them it's there's just a lot of um, lots of space really lots of forests lots of wilderness um, beautiful. Ah, I'm
0: picture. I'm tempted. I'm tempted. Believe me, I'm in, I'm in the city. I'm I'm you you're tempting me. So <laughs> <laughs> So how did um so so how did a, a farm come about? How did, how did you get into farming?
1: Um so I was um I'd worked a little bit in farming before, but I I was also just theoretically very interested in farming. I'd studied permaculture a lot. I'd studied, you know, self-sufficiency farming a lot also. I also was reading a lot about environmental issues. This was back in 2006, I think, so the whole climate debate was raging, and uh, um, I think environmental issues were more on the top of the... um, political agenda than they are now now we're just talking about donald trump and such but back 10 12 years ago that, that was a bigger issue than it was now so i was i was very like i was an environmentalist you could you could say i was very interested in 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 um you know doing something for the environment and and uh, and uh, caring for nature i think
0: Mhm. so uh so how did the farm start how, or how did you get into farming what did you
1: So that that was my farming interest, and it just happened that my family had a place um, in kind of middle of Sweden that used to be a farm, but now was not used as a farm. It hadn't been used as a farm for like 40 years or something. Um, So um, it was used as a summer house just in the summers. So um, I had the opportunity to to, to go there and and, uh, start the farm anew, and start uh, renovating the houses, start fixing up the old barns. You know, I bought a tractor and, and all those things. So, so I, you were I was getting, getting your hands
0: dirty. You were get, you were getting. Yeah, your hands definitely.
1: Dirty. <laughs> I was. It was a dream come true, really. I mean, it, it was a fantastic time in the beginning to, to to be able to to do that on on a on an old farm. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, so, what, what happened?
1: Um. Well. Everybody knows that farmers they have animals, right? So uh, I didn't have much experience of farming, and I that's what I knew of farming. Also, if you if you if you're a farmer, you have to have animals, right? That's the the, the archetype of the farmer. That's the the, the picture that comes into mind not not in
0: my mind but you're probably right in in most people's minds not in my mind yeah I know what you mean
1: I I think especially maybe in Sweden because that's really like the old fashioned way of doing it you have your you know little farm with your five cows and a few sheep and some pigs you know that's uh, that that would be the typical Swedish farm a hundred years ago or something and I think that's the image that kind of stuck with people you know Obviously nowadays the farms are huge in Sweden. Also, it's all the industrial farming and and such. But that's the romantic picture of farming that you have, right? With the farmer, with his right, the idyllic, um, uh, happy, yes. the, the happy animals and and the hardworking farmer. You know,
0: right, right, right. So then you you had animals on your farm,
1: yes? Yeah. So we, we there was me and my my wife and we went out and we bought some pigs. You know, because um, yeah, we needed some animals to have on the farm. And um, it all started from there. We um, we just started with five pigs. It was a small operation at first, but it grew bigger and bigger. And, and um, well, the meat was very popular. You know, a lot of people want high quality meat. Uh, they want uh, meat from, how could I say, animals that they think have been raised in an ethical way. So uh, we became quite popular. You know, the meat was popular. Definitely. So, so
0: you you um, felt that you were going to raise animals in a humane way. Um, exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, because even before moving out to the country, I was, you know, I was not happy about industrial farming, you know, and factory farms and all that things, uh, those things. I, I, I was. Uh, my intention with the farm was to do it better than most farmers you know this would be like a humane farm so to speak in my mind mm-hmm.
0: so uh, what what happened as you, as as you went along so you so you had five pigs is well as that, was animals, start- and, that was just Yeah start- we
1: had we, yeah we we got about 230 pigs which i guess is is about a medium sized very small uh, medium sized small pig farm if you are gonna raise them humanely I mean, the big pig farms, of course, they have, like, thousands of pigs, but we raised our pigs outdoors and, uh, um, and uh, yeah, it was just a, on a small scale, you know, never meant to be really big. We also had chickens, we had uh, goats, we had sheep, we had, you know, sometimes we had ducks and probably some other animal, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we tried a lot of different animals,
0: and and you, you opened the shop on the farm itself.
1: Uh... Yeah, so it became popular with the um, the pig meat. was popular uh, popular enough for us to open a shop in a nearby town, where we sold the meat from our farm. But we also gathered a lot of meat from all the other farms in the area, so the
0: were they Shopping. supposedly humane farms also or uh, yeah
1: so we would just pick the farms that we thought were good you know and uh, sell meat from from their farms mm-hmm. and you, and um, you
0: became popular because people were concerned about animals and, and
1: exactly yeah customers? i mean I think, exactly i mean most people are quite concerned about animals in, in some way right i mean they want to be told that the meat they consumed is um, is um, good to eat. I mean, that it's ethic- ethical, right? That it's been humanely um, raised. I mean, most people have that concern. Sure. Um, sure. So, I mean, it's that's, uh,
0: that's a huge movement around the world now to, you know, I mean, definitely, that's...
1: Uh, definitely. There are so many people who are really sick about factory farming and, and such, you know. So if I could tell people that, you know, if you buy this meat, you don't have to have a bad conscience about eating meat. The, the demand for that is huge, you know. That's what people want to hear, you know.
0: That's, that's wants... the trend world right, worldwide right now, right? It's, uh, exactly. Uh, I mean, everybody that... wants to be told, oh, the, the meat I'm buying is humane, the animals are doing fine, so...
1: There's uh... a huge demand for that, you know. And if, if you tell people that, I mean, it doesn't even have to be true. And there's a lot of problems with small-scale farming also. It, it's not necessarily good... Uh, I mean, people think that it's necessarily nice uh, or humane just because it comes from a small farm, but that's not necessarily so, right? But if you tell them that, they want to hear that. People want to hear that um, the meat they're eating is, is good meat. meat sure. There, there,
0: there's there's packaging on um, animal, uh, so-called animal products here that says certified humane, right? So how... Yeah, well, what more do you need to, to know then on the packaging? It says Certified Humane, right? So,
1: exactly, yeah. Uh, and people but, would, I mean, that, that really, even if you eat such meat just like once a week, you feel good. And then you can eat factory farmed meat the other six days a week. So... Yeah, people right. like so, to so they approved. so they
0: don't eat a hundred percent of uh, the the propaganda meat. They they eat a small percentage, very very
1: very very few people do eat a hundred percent of this uh, nice meat, so, so to speak, so called humane, so called because it's, uh, yeah, it's expensive. You know, it's uh, it costs a lot of money to raise animals in an ethical way. Mm-hmm. So, so you, people, so you
0: were pretty successful then. I mean, yeah, the people
1: were, were getting it was what, what they wanted. To drink, yeah, so. sure. I mean, we sold some meat to this uh, fancy restaurant in in Stockholm, and uh, the shop was doing fine. We we sold a lot of meat in the shop, and um, yeah, we became quite popular uh, in the area. You know, we were doing something good for small farms, and uh, that that was considered to be a very good thing.
0: Mm well um so is that the end of the story then you you you're uh, you're a happy uh, humane farmer now or uh, did something else happen <laughs> along well, the way? Star-
1: <laughs> well when we opened the shop things started to change for me you know because before i was doing it on my own farm you know and i had you know, not that many animals really and uh, we were Obviously, we knew the animals that we sent to slaughter. In a way, I could justify to myself that I was doing something which was... I mean, it wasn't perfect, maybe, but it wasn't... I mean, it was pretty good. It was as good as you can do it, right? As,
0: and, as, as uh, good as you could do I mean, you know, the i I'm, I'm very opposed to the humane society of the united states which is a big mm. proponent of of humane meat here and so uh it's uh ceo wayne Pacelle says you know the animals have a good life but then they have you know one bad day and everybody laughs Oops. you know it's a you know the the one bad day is when when they're slaughtered so what were, were, yeah. were, were you but I, w-
1: I would justify when i was doing it i would justify it for myself that I, I needed meat in my diet. There was no way of getting around it. I mean, you you, you have to eat meat. So mm-hmm. that was my basic presupposition, right, that um, meat is absolutely necessary in the human diet. I, 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 I didn't think veganism was a realistic option. I'd, I'd never really considered veganism. I, I was living in the countryside. There's no vegans in the countryside, right? Mm. I mean, they live in the city. So, so for me even though I had vegan friends in the city, right, but I had moved away from the, from, from them and uh, there were no other vegans. I, I was absolutely convinced that I needed meat in my diet and so did everybody else. And the best way to get meat was to, to farm humanely, so to speak. Mm, so, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think a few things changed. And the first thing that changed was that we stopped... Having that kind of relationship with the animals, you know, that we knew the animals and, and we we kind of personally cared for them. When we opened the shop, that changed, you know. When we started to do this more and more just for the money, right. We started to, um, well, one of the things that happened was that, right, there's there's good things and there's bad things about animal agriculture, right. And the, the good thing is maybe like, you know, it can be looked pittoresque you know with animals and the fields and the the farmer and it's kind of old-fashioned and 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 those things right those are the good things and that's what the customer wants to hear right but nobody wants to hear about the bad things the anxiety of the animals when they're sent to the slaughterhouse the blood and the, the guts you know when you you cut the animal open and such so Obviously, I had seen both sides. I would seen the kind of, you know, romantic side of animal husbandry, you know, when you, you care for the animals and it's it's beautiful and, you know, they're out on the fields grazing, whatever. But I had not, I mean, I had also seen the, the bad sides of it, you know. But when I was talking to the customers, I was obviously just going to talk about the good sides. So I was never, ever going to say, well, you know, this animal suffered when it was gonna be slaughtered or this uh, animal you know when you open it up there's all kinds of you know nasty shit coming out of it blood and guts and such you know Mm -hmm. so I think I became more and more um, uncomfortable in the role of just telling people what they wanted to hear and not telling people the whole story you know so that was really starting to you know make me a bit frustrated because I just, I just didn't feel that I was telling the whole truth, you know. I, I, fe- I started to feel that I couldn't be totally truthful with people because, you know, they were my customers, they were my livelihood, I was depending on them. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that was one of the things that happened, you know, the first thing that really, you know, I, I became like this advertising guy, you know, just trying to make meat look good in order to earn money.
0: S- similar to uh, pretty much the, the animal rights movement in the U.S. right now. Believe it or not, it's it's like an advertisement for humane meat, you know, and, and certainly when it comes from uh, animal organizations, uh, so-called animal organ- organizations, people believe it, and I guess if it comes directly from uh, the pig farmer, people will believe it too,
1: right? So. Sure, I mean, yeah, it, it's um, it's it's such a it's it's very untruthful, right? And that, that became very obvious to me that I was only allowed to talk about the nice things, you know, never ever allowed to talk about, you know, the whole thing that was really happening, the whole things behind the scenes that was that was going on, you know.
0: So so are I mean, you saying that really there is no ethical meat there really is no um humane there there are no humane meat eggs dairy I mean
1: Well uh, well I think obviously if you were to show people the whole process of the whole thing we wouldn't even ask the question you know because killing an animal to start with that's nasty business you know I mean you have to Look the animal straight into the eye and and, and shoot a bullet into its head, you know, and then it doesn't stop there. You have to stab it in the neck so the blood drains out and then you have to, you know, open the animal up. There's all kinds of blood and guts pouring out of it, you know, that's nasty stuff, man. Mm. I think we we concentrate a lot on the ethics, but also this, I mean, the whole slaughter process is something that I think 99% of people would not be able to do themselves, you know and um right right yeah and, so so and that uh, that is they, a, they they like
0: it to be hidden uh, behind uh, windowless walls also you know totally and, and, and yet we're, we're, also, we're also we're also told water. we're told that there is humane slaughter you know i mean the, the, the way the myth goes it's uh yeah.
1: you know i mean there uh, there's so much anxiety in animals when they're being herded to slaughter and sent off in slaughter trucks uh, i i did that many times of course so
0: so, so you you had you had to slaughter animals yourself then.
1: I have slaughtered a lot, lots of animals myself, but I also sent many animals away to slaughterhouses also. So mm-hmm. yeah,
0: so uh, like the the first time you did, I mean, I mean, I'm just wondering like, uh, I don't know, do you have to desensitize yourself, or I mean, I can't, you know, I totally, I, I, yeah, can, I yeah, can't imagine yeah. doing it, you know. So yeah,
1: no, you uh, you totally have to desensitize yourself, and, and you have to kind of be um you have to be kind of in an environment where where you kind of uh, um are allowed to do that so to speak i mean you have to you know tell yourself that, well you know it's okay and you have to have people around you who say well you know it's okay and uh, um Kind of of,
0: of a cult, a a cult of animal killing, basically. Yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. You have to really push yourself to be able to do it, especially the first times, you know, definitely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was with a group of friends who had done it before. That's how I could kill a pig the first time. And uh, it really, really scary the first time. Mm -hmm. After a while, you get used to it. I mean, so you can just switch that empathic side of your brain off, you know, and just Mm -hmm. shoot.
0: And, and but, these uh, these are animals with whom you've been living, or you've given them names, or exactly, you've got yeah. close to them. I mean, you're they're practically family members. If it's a small group, sure. isn't it? I mean,
1: yeah, we we you have to stop giving them names. You know, that's one of the things we we realized pretty soon because if you give them names, that just makes it harder to kill them later. I think. Mm. But um, no, it's it's. Um, It's very. I still remember the first time I shot the pig, and uh, as you said, that was a pig that I had known for a long time. It uh, it had a personality, you know. It had, yeah. I, I, you know, I had that pig since it was a piglet. It was. um, It was like killing a friend, a bit, you know.
0: Sure. So, you know, what what is the anxiety that the the animals on the farm suffer? Like what uh, even on a humane farm? So what's. uh, yeah what 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 are their problems even on a humane farm would you say uh, uh, yeah
1: it's uh, i would say f- few really bad cases or i mean there's daily things like being um, too cl- getting t- touching the electric fans and getting you know a small shock that's that's bad you know i guess and mm. but the big ones are taking their babies away they Animals do not like that. They are very caring for their uh, offspring.
0: Animal, so animals care for their offspring? You mean they're not machines? They They, they, they exactly, actually yeah. care for their. They,
1: and, they and are. And then the babies themselves, of course, that is a terrible thing to be taken away from their mother and the herd. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So there's. Um, yeah, there's, it's a very dramatic, often quite violent uh, uh, thing to take an animal away from its mother they they the mother tried to defend the baby at all costs you know mm. um, mm-hmm. so uh, they, they can become very aggressive mm.
0: and, um, uh, under, understandably and baby, so
1: yes yeah, yeah sure I mean it's um, mm-hmm. yeah it's hardwired into everybody you know thats <laughs> it's a, it's uh, we, everybody, we, we like right? we, we, we like our mothers and fathers you know and uh, as a father mother you your baby is more important than you are. You know, I would I would say that goes for animals. Yeah, they well, say they, they they cry for each other. So, um, so, so uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and and also sending sending pigs away to slaughter is uh, that's uh, also. I mean, they I wouldn't say they know what's happening because, but but they don't like it at all. They they think it's just like really. A really really terrible thing, and they they become they become very very anxious, you know, and uh, mm. they really try to get away from like if you push them into a uh, uh, some trailer, you know, they, they try so hard to get away from it. They they fight and they struggle and they scream. Mm. Um, and, yeah.
0: and that and that's the picture of humane meat dairy and eggs right there humane you know humane uh, ethical. Yeah. that's the, that's the picture right there their their struggle the their picture. fear their panic their sorrow' um, yeah. it's not 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 sounding very humane to me so 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 no. so you, so yeah. th- this created an inner conflict uh, for you
1: for sure because I, I, I knew that you know it wasn't just this uh, nice thing uh, it, it had really really bad consequences also for the animals and and I think also for myself as a farmer, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really happy about doing all those things, you know. I, I felt like a piece of shit, really, to, to be on, to put it bluntly, when I was doing that, you know. but uh,
0: And then add on top of that that you had to be dishonest about it, right? So you're feeling terrible <laughs> and then you have to kind of deceive people into, oh, sure, this is the ethical, humane me. <laughs>
1: But when the meat came back from the slaughterhouse a week later, I had to stand there in the shop and say, you know, wow, this is really, really good, and uh, you know, look at the fat on this pork chop, you know, it's uh, gonna be, it's gonna be really, really tasty, and uh, you know, I take well care of my animals and all that, but my, you know, kind of inner emotions or whatever about this, uh, that, that that was, this is hard work, really, emotionally hard work. You have to really. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, switch off your empathy to do this. That that was obviously not something I could discuss with my customers. Sure.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so eventually but eventually something had to happen. Then
1: what happened is that I I I, um, I started watching YouTube videos about vegetables because we were also selling vegetables in in the shop. And if you watch YouTube videos about vegetables, you kind of you get um, all these vegan YouTubers. Um, in your in your um, YouTube stream, you know, mm-hmm. and I started to watch uh, vegan YouTubers.
0: Oh, I'll I'll put in a word now for uh, youtube.com dot slash Go Vegan Radio. I have <laughs> I I guess I have things going on YouTube as uh, myself a number of uh, videos there. But uh, do, do you remember what you were saying? Who uh, or...
1: I was watching these because I was uh, uh, watching these uh, vegetable uh, videos that mm-hmm. got me into raw, raw, raw food veganism. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were people like Fully Raw Christina. She's from uh, Houston, I think. Mm-hmm. And there were others like uh, Freely the Banana Girl and uh, Doug Graham. Mm-hmm. um yeah. Uh, and th- those because i didn't really have any vegan friends there in the countryside and uh mm-hmm. those now, now you vegan- said you
0: did have vegan friends in the city though There, are uh,
1: yeah but th- that was you know a few years back you know so i didn't really have contact with them
0: and and they didn't uh you, you, you like have an impact on you at the time to where why are they vegan and
1: no not not really no Mm -hmm. no that was the thing of the past i would say you know i was doing the whole country thing so
0: and you still felt you you felt meat was necessary yeah uh,
1: and then they were there on youtube mm -hmm. obviously looking very healthy and they were vegans and that Mm -hmm. just i i that didn't match my worldview at all you know how could it be. Well, well, I'm vegan
0: now for 33 years, myself, going on 34 years. So you know you can live at least that long
1: as a vegan. Yeah, so, that sounds know, so. so. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so
0: you're watching YouTube videos and the idea of uh, being watching vegan YouTube videos,
1: yeah. comes across, and, uh, as... and just like, you know, if these people can eat a vegan diet and be really healthy, I mean, they looked a lot healthier than I was at the time. You know, I was eating a lot of meat then, not feeling healthy at all, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they were very healthy. And what what was I doing? What were I doing? What was I doing? You know, with all this meat, uh, obviously was no point in eating it, mm-hmm. health wise. You know, so I started researching this, and I, I very soon realized that hey man, this whole meat thing is a myth that you need meat in your diet. That's just not true.
0: Propaganda, brainwashing, you know, from an early age. I mean, really, I I would imagine that we would be repulsed by it, you know, if we really looked at it and said, wow, this Mm -hmm. is a a decomposing corpse, you know, with, with pathogens, fecal matter, you know, like decomposing body parts shouldn't be that appetizing unless we're <laughs> b- brainwashed into
1: it or I no guess, no yeah or, yeah, or it, you, it yeah it make it sound funny but it's, it's i mean you're you're absolutely right it's just like a hor- horrifying thing that we it's horrifying have. it's yeah i mean it, it's horrifying right and and, and, and huge... you live
0: the horror and 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 the pigs and the other animals live the horror with you right i mean it, it, that, that's it's not a horror movie it's horror reality really you know
1: yeah yeah and we have this huge machine of, of propaganda that that is feeding us this uh, myth and I realized that I was a part of that uh, propaganda machine mm-hmm. so that just like i think that it stopped me re- really how can you say in my tracks you know like bam that was a it was a train wreck mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a so, so I mean,
0: you you had this desire to do Good things for animals and do the right thing um, but now you're seeing that maybe vegan was the actual
1: exactly so a whole new door opened and and uh, I if I really wanted to do something good for animals I shouldn't be killing them in the first place right mm-hmm. I just never thought as a farmer that 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 would be a possibility it just it never had occurred to me wow. really, honestly sounds mm. stupid now in hindsight but well i mean that, i'm I'm, I'm the
0: first so-called you know i mean vegetarian i ever knew i i, I grew up in the city in new york city and i uh, i was cooking chicken one night you know my friends always came over on friday nights and i was cooking chicken and i i saw the body in the frying pan it wasn't like nondescript food it was someone's body and i said i don't think mm. i can eat animals anymore and it was it was like a shocking thought i didn't know anybody who didn't eat animals you know it was i thought wow this is going to be bad for my health but i don't know if i can take part in the violence because i knew that i was paying somebody to kill that chicken even though i wasn't killing the chicken myself i was uh you know, I, I i saw the violence and i said i don't think i can eat animals anymore but if it's detrimental to my health I, I guess it'll be detrimental to my health, but I can't participate in what I saw as the violence because I, I saw the body, you know.
1: Mm, so, yeah. So no, what... it was yeah, like similar experience to me. It just totally reevaluated how I saw meat. You mm-hmm. know, I mean.
0: And and then yeah. so 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 you had to make a decision one day. Did you announce it to? Um, Your partner your 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 customers the the neighbors like uh,
1: yeah it uh, was a very difficult uh, period because here I was I was this you know I was quite well known in the the town and uh, with uh, everybody who was like it you know interested in food that I was doing this whole meat thing and then all of a sudden I was about to tell people that hey man I don't believe in meat anymore (laughs) and and I had lots of farmer friends, of course, and I was going around to all these farms and uh, collecting meat, you know, and buying eggs and selling milk and all those things. Mm -hmm. So there was a huge uh, change for me. Not very easy, I have to say, but uh, I just felt like I didn't have a choice, really. I just saw that this is actually gross, what I'm doing. It's not nice in any... I mean, there's so little that is nice about it, you know, and the nice things are totally blown out of proportion. Right, the,
0: the nice things are, are, are fictional, right? They're delusional. They're they're the...
1: Yeah, the... this nice surface, you know, which, like this cow grazing on a uh, green uh, field, that's... Sure, that happens also, you know, but there's so many other things that happen that happened. It just makes meat... And dairy and eggs are a very disgusting thing to, to be doing, you know. It's and, um,
0: completely violent, isn't it? I mean, Yeah.
1: It's... And I guess as long as I thought that you needed meat and dairy in your diet, I could kind of convince myself to do it anyways because I thought… You know i'm I'm doing it as as good as i can can I'm living this life or uh, as well as i can ethically you know
0: yeah. were you producing to... dairy also or, or, or no
1: we weren't but we were selling dairy in the shop mm-hmm. um, and right. dairy and and, cheeses. and so
0: you know as as i'm told uh with with dairy um you know, what what uh the industry calls uh the rape rack uh is how dairy starts like a cow has to be i mean i, I guess it would yeah. be called raped if, if it's called a rape rack right so it, it's always sure. started with a, a forced, uh uh forced you know forcible yeah, impregnation big uh,
1: rubber glove and um, right
0: you know, right has, so uh, so yeah so uh, with r- with right fish, from the know, start right from the start uh you know and then, then take that's, it from uh, there
1: also pigs you know uh, because in modern pig farms they don't uh, do it all naturally you you buy pig sperm from this big retailer you know and uh, you get a uh, little um, you get a little package of pig sperm and you do the work uh, mm. yourself
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so, yeah i never done that but.
0: right so you do the work yourself and then somebody had to had to do the work probably on a uh, on a male pig, right, or 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 the male cow? Yeah, to, there's, to get whole,
1: the... uh, there's a whole uh, there's a uh, job uh, you know which is just uh, uh, masturbating uh, pigs actually and collecting their sperm. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Wow. There's somebody doing that. Wow. So uh, I uh... mean, that's that's that that, that is sorry for of swearing, but that is extremely degrading to people. I I would say you know sure. that is uh, I mean, why do we put up with that? It's just man
0: I, I I don't think we should put up with that I think we should all go <laughs> vegan really well, yeah,
2: that's, yeah, yeah,
1: that,
0: that's, that's my Stop idea it. behind let, it let, so.
1: let people know you know the truth about the whole thing you know and I think the most natural instinct for people is to go vegan and uh, they just need, like I needed, you know, be shown a good example of of somebody who is vegan and is healthy. Because there's this big myth about vegans not being healthy and vegans being, you know, uh, skinny and pale and, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, vitamin defi- deficient and all those things. So mm-hmm. people and need need good vegan role models. That that, right. that is that And that, that's and, 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 just, and
0: if one looks into the, you know, in, into. Um, health studies we find that meat dairy fish and eggs are definitely um connected to heart disease cancer stroke diabetes you know all for sure yeah
1: yeah
0: all all of that but uh you know the the propaganda machine you know just keeps telling us you know how do you get your protein how do you get your protein you know so yeah yeah and and, uh, from, from an environmental uh point of view you said you were an environmentalist so uh, how did how did you look at the whole thing? I mean, you there you are you're raising animals. I, I you know raising animals uh, has to be uh, wasteful of, of resources, <clears throat> land, you know all sorts of considerations sh- in that For regard.
1: sure, for sure. I mean, yeah. I would say first health wise because I had such close contact with my customers in the shop that i could really see how people were doing you know health-wise it was very obvious to me and it was also i mean it was so obvious that people were eating the wrong things you know they were concentrating on the totally wrong things to eat
0: so your customers your customers were pretty unhealthy then they they
1: had yeah totally because they had this vision about food being i mean the most important thing about food for a lot of people in this kind of environmentalist movement is that the food is you know organic and locally produced right but and i think that is important also of course but that can't be an excuse to kind of gorge on meat and and cheese and uh, organic milk you know and that's what those people are doing and sure.
0: um, and i and i think uh, studies even show that you're 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 doing better for the environment if you're eating uh you know kale from on the other side of the world rather than local meat products you know i mean there's that much of a of an imbalance that uh... there,
1: there could be yeah sure i mean there's it, it's hard to get lost in these studies of course and there's so many different ways to produce meat and produce uh, vegetables and and uh, obviously if you eat like stuff like kale there's not many calories in it and if you eat Meat. Well, there's a lot of calories in meat, and you can compare how much, let's say, carbon dioxide is emitted per calorie. And there's, you know, all kinds of. different... I, I think compar- the
0: the environmental meat. working group did a good study on that, and it and it really did show that you're you're better off with with produce from the other side of the world than than local um, animal products. The um, the studies that interest me, there was one uh, by the. Uh, uh, really top climate specialists worked at the world bank robert goodland and jeff anhang uh, that's called livestock uh, and climate change and it says that animal agriculture is responsible for at least 51 percent of human generated greenhouse gas emissions so um, animal agriculture therefore would be the number one cause of climate change and those same climate specialists tell us that the only solution before it's too late is a massive shift massive population shift to vegan um, because uh, an alternative energy infrastructure uh, here in the United States would take uh, 20 years and 35 trillion dollars. You know, so um, so we all have sure. to go vegan and free up the land for reforestation and um, uh, there's a. Um, There was a a study by the Stockholm International Water Institute. Are you familiar Mm. with that organization? Yes,
1: yes, Uh, yes, I am. Yes, you are Rockstrom, I think. Some some years ago,
0: it it did a uh, presentation to the UN, and uh, I I tried talking to them. and, And basically, its study was in leaders, and here we only understand. Gallons basically. So, mm-hmm. when, when we finally translated uh, the study from the Stockholm International Water Institute, it seemed to say that a vegan needed 10,000 gallons of water a year to grow his or her food, and uh, a non vegan needed 320,000 gallons. So, uh, sure,
1: however, I do want to like. N- Say a thing about those figures because a lot of that water is actually just rainwater, and that would fall anyways, at least here in Sweden. So it's I know I mean I'm quite involved in this debate here in Sweden about you know the animals, climate footprint, and mm-hmm. such, and it's it's an extremely complex issue, you know, because there's so many parameters that you have to take into the into consideration and uh, um. For example, if you look at uh, grazing cattle, yes, they emit methane, which is a uh, uh, greenhouse gas, but they also sequester carbon in the soil. You know, because when they graze the grass, it tells the grass to shoot out deeper roots into the ground, and the roots are obviously uh, have carbon in them, and then that those roots then. Uh, get stuck in the soil and that sequesters carbon. So there's some offset to the uh, methane effect of of cattle. So it's an extremely difficult uh, scientific uh, debate to be had uh, actually. And then the figures, uh, I think you have to be really careful with the figures that you throw out because there's so many people working on this on the meat side so to speak on, and on the they... meat side yeah
0: so so yes. influenced by by um, agriculture you know when some years back the the un um food and agriculture organization put out its study and and when mm. I when I just said uh, Goodland and Anhang at the World Bank said that animal agriculture is responsible for fifty one percent, at least fifty one percent of greenhouse gas emissions. The 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 FAO uh, UN report said eighteen percent. Exactly. And, and so um, Goodland and Anhang did a study of that eighteen percent. The the Food and Agriculture Organization is is basically a livestock group. So you do have the livestock industry influencing these figures mm. and studies you never know who's who's you know funding a study so and and they recently went back from that 18% that they just made up out of the blue and they left out So many considerations, and and that's Mm. what's in the study: um, livestock and climate change. It talks about what they left out, the figures they use, how you know how flawed that research was. And just recently, they went from eighteen percent to to fourteen percent. Just, I think, because they felt like it. You know what I mean? Eighteen percent was still more than all transportation, all cars, trucks, boats, Mm. planes combined. But just you know, I guess they felt like this doesn't reflect too well on us. Let's make the 18 or 14 and, you know, who'll know the difference
1: really, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, one figure that I usually cite is that if we humans were eating all the soy that uh, animals are eating right now, that would account for all our protein needs. So just by using the soy plantations that we already had, have we could uh, feed the world. Uh, l- Yeah, we could feed the world and we wouldn't need any uh, animal agriculture at all, you know. And that means about, I think, was it globally 60% of farmland, you know, Mm. which we could let um, nature take care of instead. And I think that's an uh, amazing opportunity, you know. We should go for that immediately. Sure. I mean, by just eating the soy that we already are feeding animals, we could let 60% of all farmland globally become nature again. And that's what we need, right? We need more nature, mm-hmm. that we're desperate for more nature. And, and of
0: course it's, we want that soy to be organic and not GMO and, and you know, all the, sure. forest, the forests are getting chopped down so that GMO soy can, yeah. can be grown yeah. to, to feed the animals. And, and, and you're somewhat interested in organic farming but also veganic or, or organic vegan farming, right?
1: It's, it's, so there's a huge potential for for doing a major shift in the way we do agriculture at the moment, and uh, veganic agriculture, I would say, could revolutionize the way we we farm.
0: That that really interests me, and I've uh, I've I've talked to some veganic farmers, and we've we've had some conferences where where they've spoken. Yeah. So what what brought you to veganic farming or, or that idea I mean there you were you thought you had to eat animals and then maybe you thought well you have to have animal products you know, for the garden or for agriculture but you, you've even mm. gone past that now
1: Yeah, I mean, so I had to close the shop eventually, because without meat, people were just not coming, and I think I was getting a bit of a bad reputation also as this annoying vegan that was telling people that, you know, I had changed my mind about meat, so I had to close the shop, and... um, I had to figure out something else to do, you know, and uh, I was also getting attacked a lot by people. I was getting into very heated discussions on Facebook and with my friends and such, and they were just telling me how stupid I was for doing this, you know, and and I really had to defend myself. So I I started to read up on this uh, issue a lot, you know. I studied it uh, as well as I could, and and, uh, that made me realize the potential for, for vegan farming and i, mean, I also what, what does that sa-
0: mean what is, what does vegan farming mean like what what gets what 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 do you include in it and what what do you exclude uh, being a vegan organic farmer
1: yeah so first of all just uh, stopping all animal uh, agriculture and, and the animal husbandry right so uh, those i mean that that would means so much for agriculture we would free up so much land we could let uh, land be used by nature again and rewild the whole planet and and uh, uh, probably combat climate change and 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 uh, and uh, yeah revolutionize farming so so that would be the first step right but you could go even further further in these fields and then obviously if you take away animals in agriculture then uh, if you look at organic agriculture, well, that's dependent on animal manures. It's very dependent. I mean, that's the textbook way to do it. You 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 raise a cow, you collect the cow dung, right, and you, you fertilize your fields with it. But if you take away the cow from organic farming, then you have to rethink what you're doing, you know. And... Um, yeah. So so, you so then to... you're
0: saying, well, then there won't be any manure in the growing process. So what what do you yeah. use then? What
1: what? Uh, what... Yeah. So there's uh, tons of different alternatives, and that's the good thing about it. But uh, also, this veganic farming is a very small movement, and uh, there hasn't been much uh, uh, research. There haven't been many farms who've done a conversion. You know, there's not been much interest in 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 uh, in learning about these things because we've been so uh, stuck with animal agriculture. So, But but the upside, as I said, is that there's so many good alternatives which are really, really promising, you know.
0: Well, for, for now now in organic, like you say... Um, for organic, that, vegan. Or, for, for, but organic, that's not vegan farming. So manure is used, uh, blood meal, bone meal, thing, fish meal, things exactly. along those lines, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you buy... Fresh herbs in the supermarket, organic ones. They're mostly uh, fertilized with blood or feather meal, which feather is meal. gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, most people don't know that organic herbs are, are fertilized with that, but that's that's uh, that's in the, the, the pot soil. Mm-hmm. So uh, and, and so, what
0: what do you use then as replacements for manure, blood meal, feather meal? Fish meal, bone meal. What 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 are you using?
1: Um, if you want to do it organic, would you. Um, I mean, if you, if you don't want to use, do it organic, you could just use chemical fertilizers. Um, we don't want that. We, we, we don't. We no, don't want that. that we don't want that <laughs> because that they are going to run out eventually. If we do that, mm-hmm. we will run out of potassium and and phosphate. Mm -hmm. Uh, those are limited resources so we can't just go on using chemical fertilizers forever Mm -hmm. although i have to say that if we stop raising animals then we will conserve our potassium and our phosphorus uh, for a lot longer than the current projections right so um, the the smart way to to um to do non organic agriculture is also to skip the animal, you know, because they're just wasting all these chemical fertilizers that we are actually quite dependent on in the world. You know, if we were just taking if we take away all chemical fertilizers, people would starve. I mean people would die in millions, if not billions, you know. Mm. So we are extremely dependent on chemical fertilizers and we know also that they will run out so I mean, obviously, we need to conserve them and, and make them last as long as we can. And the best way of doing that is stop feeding animals with stuff that we've grown using chemical fertilizers. Right. That's, now,
0: in, in vegan organic, though, what what, what are your fertilizers? What, what do you use in yeah. your garden or your farm?
1: So, so I think the most – in my farm, we use compost. We use uh, green manures uh, a lot. Uh, we uh, use some organic. There's also organic uh, f- uh, vegan fertilizers. You can use alfalfa, uh, which is um, well, it's like a clover almost. And you you um, you can buy you can either buy it uh, uh, in a powdered form, and it contains all the necessary nutrients that your plants need. So you can just sprinkle the powder on your your soil, and you can. Uh, cultivated in and that's a good vegan organic fertilizer mm-hmm. what, what did you uh, com- mean
0: by green manure did you say green manure green man-
1: manure you well you grow uh, you grow stuff on the field for example clover uh, which is very good because clover fixates nitrogen from the air and then when uh, the clover is about you know a feet or so um, <laughs> then you uh, you cut it down and you you plow it into the ground mm-hmm. so all the nutrients that the clover collected are now in the ground and available for the next plant to use
0: mm-hmm. and what are you growing on your farm what what, what?
1: now we grow uh, only vegetables so we have a market garden mm-hmm.
0: and what vegetables are you growing
1: um anything that we can here in sweden tomatoes cucumbers uh, carrots uh, lots of different cabbages like uh, uh, kale, broccoli, cauliflower, um, basically all vegetables, really. Mm. Um, what
0: about, uh, does, does the climate, does, does the weather uh, affect uh, your growing season at all? <laughs> <are>
1: you... <laughs> yeah, it's very cold here, you know. Now we have snow, snow outside, and the, the growing season is very short. It's uh, it's about from May to uh, September or something and uh, we use greenhouses we have two big greenhouses that we grow tomatoes and cucumbers and beans in Mm -hmm. we grow we try to grow as much as many beans that we can you know broad beans and uh, green beans and uh, uh, basically any kind of bean that we can grow we want to uh, develop the bean uh, side of the farm, uh, so to speak, to grow even more kinds of beans uh, uh, because, yeah, they're really, really good when you farm. They produce a lot of protein on a very small area Mm -hmm. and a very uh, efficient way to produce food. Mm -hmm. So we're looking into expanding that. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going to say something else about uh, fertilizing vegan farms and I think the most interesting technique which is not very developed it's a bit technically difficult is uh, biogas plants you know if you take a lot of organic matter it doesn't really matter which matter you take I mean it can be like garden uh, waste or it can be uh, like uh, kitchen waste or uh, anything you put that into a closed container and that will start to ferment and when it ferments, it produces methane gas and then you can collect that gas and use the gas as uh, for fuel or, or for energy and the byproduct the fermented uh, organic matter is uh, that's basically just a brown slurry when the fermentation is done and that brown slurry is a very good vegan organic fertilizer hmm. and yeah mm-hmm. so it, I, I, yeah. I would
0: like to think that that is the way of the future you know as uh, as a vegan myself and i try to buy organic as much as possible in the back of my head i'm still a little grossed out by what can go into organic and i would i would you know go the extra mile or spend the extra dime mm-hmm. for veganic uh produce and i i i I wish there would be a movement that would that would catch on i i i bet here in california people would really be interested in it if if they knew what even goes into organic i mean organic is the best that's available and i i still get grossed out by it when i think about it
1: sure i think you in california have many different uh, uh like initiatives in organic farming right uh I think you have uh, Blue Horizon, which is I think venture capitalists trying to invest in vegan farming alternatives. You have Lazy Mill- Millennial Farm. I read about oh, I in uh, San Francisco, which is a market garden that grows vegan food. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, I know there's a place in more- Southern oh, California that did some, you know, that does some uh, deliveries. I want to say something, something freckled farm. Uh, you know, down there, um, I think in Arizona there's uh, Sunizona, which also produces, I think, uh, you know, sells uh, vegan fertilizer. Um, so, but interesting
1: uh, to hear. That's, uh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I, th- I think that's that's the movement of the future that I would like to be here now. I'd love to have a veganic
1: uh, veganic salad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I think we have to change the narrative here a little bit when it comes to farming, right? Because so many people getting into farming have this picture in their mind that I, the same picture as I had when I started farming, that they need animals on the farm, especially if they want to do organic farming, you know? And I think it's very important for us vegans to Change that narrative, you know. That change the picture of farming. That, you know, you can do this better. You can do it without animals. You can be more efficient. And as a farmer, you know, your farm can produce more food. Uh, it can earn you more money. Maybe, probably, you know, and um, and you can be a more successful farmer if you go vegan. Farming. Sure.
0: Sure. So, so now, uh, so, so you started the farm eleven years ago, um, and yep. w- when did you go? Vega- when did you go vegan?
1: So this was uh, now almost five years ago. So five, five years, years ago.
0: Vegan. And uh, I'll, I'll bet you're pretty happy with that decision.
1: <laughs> uh, extremely happy. Yeah. Yeah. I just like I, I, my conscience is clear. I know I'm doing a good thing. Uh, I'm healthier as a vegan. I'm eating lots of vegetables. I'm not stuffing dead animal tissue into my body. Um, just really happy for all the animals that I'm not. I mean, I'm that, that I'm not killing animals anymore. No, I'm. I'm really sorry for having killed a lot of animals. Mm. You know, but I, I well, guess you know I we're,
0: g- we're 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 a culture that's so brainwashed by the propaganda that you know it, it seems all right to do. I'm I'm really sorry that I wasn't vegan the first 19 years of my life. I wonder how, ma- how many animals mm. were killed because of my wrong appetite, you know, my my, yeah. know, my wrong hunger. That, so yeah. uh,
1: I, I, I apologize for my ignorance. And me, I, you know, I mean, you know. It, it took me like a few years even to start, even think about what I had done, you know, because when I had this kind of ethical awakening, you um, I mean it was too hard in the beginning for me to to think about what I had been doing. So it took me years to kind of settle the score with myself as you know, I'd killed all these animals and I didn't really had to do that and mm. so but um Well yeah. you
0: you've you've awakened from that stupor though, so you know, and uh to me it's uh you know, the most important thing to do is go vegan and then try to help everybody else go vegan. So uh, you're you're yeah. certainly. It looks like you know you're 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 doing your part in that regard. I mean, we can only when we wake up, you know, try to try to help others see, you know, see the light. So, um, so uh, yeah. yeah, I, I, I want to say we're, we're, we've been uh, talking to Gustav soderfeld in Sweden. Um, was there anything else you wanted to mention, or how people can contact you, or any? Anything well, like we that?
1: have a Facebook page, uh, Vegan Garden, uh, in Swedish, uh, that you can uh, have a look at and uh, give me a like if uh, you uh, understand what it says because it's in Swedish, it's of course. It's Swedish.
0: But vegan Vegan Garden it, is in Swedish.
1: Yeah, and but and, and, and what bro- does
0: tell me what Vegan Garden in Swedish would be?
1: Uh, that's Vegan Garden. More
0: or less, yeah. It would be uh, the same
1: in yeah, Swedish. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, yeah. Vegan is vegan in Sweden. Swedish and, go- and garden and is garden, uh, Gordon. Gordon, ah. It's almost. Uh, yeah. All
0: right. Well, so all right. So so I understand yeah. Swedish. Um, I how 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 do you uh, speak English so well? Was is it taught in schools there where you were? Uh, or...
1: It's taught in schools. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I mean they're very similar languages also. So really. Um, yeah. Yeah. Swedish the, and English the... are similar. Well, you know, the Vikings they ruled uh, over England for like hundreds of years, and uh, yeah, ah. that's uh,
0: yeah so 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 <laughs> th- say something in Swedish that I would understand because it sounds like English
1: well all the uh, like hand and arm and uh, foot foot and uh, you know all those words are identical ah. um, for, yeah mm-hmm. ah. so
0: and uh, and we are all identical in the sense that <laughs> as humans. Uh, if we consume meat, dairy, fish, and eggs, we you know, increase our risk of heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes. And uh, that seems to happen all over the planet. Whenever the standard American diet is introduced or KFC or McDonald's comes to town, um, so do the dialysis machines and the, uh, and the cardiac unit and, and, and all of that. So, But you're, you're feeling good in the last five years having gone vegan
1: i'm really happy about it and i really wish i can inspire more people and i'm happy now that i have this perspective that i've gone through this whole uh, journey and i have a unique perspective i think as being a former uh pig farmer that went vegan and i think that can be um inspi- in an, an inspiration for other farmers to do the same change
0: absolutely so we uh we we certainly hope that happens, and I really appreciate your being with us here today. W- was there anything else you wanted to mention, or any more contact information, or are we there? No, uh,
1: just like thanks for uh, calling, and um, and uh, good luck with all the vegan farming initiatives in California. Uh, well, yeah, terrific. I'm looking at uh, you as a uh, like a uh, good example for 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 us here in Sweden.
0: Excellent. Well, you're a good example for. Uh, anybody in the world actually so we are we are a, a global village and uh you are uh you you're doing the right thing you've done the right thing so you know and, and it shows that we can all turn around i mean people say oh i could never go vegan well m- most people who are vegan had to make the change most people aren't brought up vegan i don't really understand why but uh you know i uh i Ate meat, dairy, fish, and eggs every day of my life until the age of 19. I I won a hamburger eating contest. I never I never imagined myself in the future hosting a vegan talk show, uh, much less even knowing the word vegan or knowing what that means. Um, so. But you know,
1: yeah. uh, you know, with,
0: you never so, know where we're I going.
1: Uh, this was not what I thought would happen when I moved out and started a farm that I would be on vegan radio from California but uh, yeah, there you go it's never too late
0: (laughs) well terrific, well thank you so much Gustav for being with us today and we'll uh, stay in touch and keep
1: up the good work thanks a lot Bob, thank you thanks, Uh take care
0: Bob, how are you? Great. Let me see. Let me see. Recorder started. Okay, good. (laughs) I uh, I was looking to see if our recorder was starting and something popped up and said recorder started, so I guess that would explain it. So good. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, is Anna with us
3: today or She she is indeed. This is an auspicious day because on this day we have published our new book advocate for animals an abolitionist vegan handbook
0: ah wonderful and- so so i should say um that uh all right that was skype ringing and and i answered the phone and the recording's working and that means professor gary francione is with us and professor anna charlton and this is breaking not fake news okay yes. so here yes. we are um wasn't it just a day or two ago you were saying to me we have to wait to to talk again because you were editing or finishing
3: well yeah i mean we, you know the the are we actually are we are we recording now
0: i guess we are because since you made okay. it like it was like breaking news why okay. why not right. say we'll start right. from uh, right there yes. uh, being thankful that the recorder is working so yes
3: yeah. Um well it was um it was quite a bit of uh th- this book is actually longer than the other two books that we did and it's uh, got a lot of text and we had to um you know we it was a, it was a production and so we had to um we had some things to do on it to get it ready and um it it came out it came out in Kindle on Friday uh but today it's now available in Kindle and paperback and I'm holding a copy of it and actually, Anna and I are very happy with it. Uh, it's called "Advocate for Animals: An Abolitionist Vegan Handbook," and it—I'll tell you a little bit about it. Actually, I'll tell you the—we'll uh, go through the chapters. Um, we've got a, a, a chapter—the the introductory chapter—is what abolitionist veganism means, and then we uh, we have we have the book. The rest of the book divided into two parts. The first part is what we call the "how" of abolitionist vegan advocacy. And the second part is um, the what of abolitionist vegan advocacy. Now, for the how of abolitionist vegan advocacy, uh, we have these following discussions. We have a discussion about called the 10 Simple Guidelines of Abolitionist Vegan Advocacy. And then the next chapter is where to advocate. And then the next advo- chapter is reflections and ideas from some abolitionist vegan advocates, and we have in there um, a number, as a matter of fact, all of the talks that were given by various abolitionist vegans at the Second World Vegan Summit, and um, and then we have a chapter called Advocacy in Low Income Communities because we think in a lot of ways, uh, you know, the animal rights movement has has ignored uh, uh, people of um, uh in lower economic situations and low income situations and so um we have a chapter on that and how, on advocacy in low income communities and then in the second part of the book we we give people substantive ideas about how to deal with um how to, how to start conversations and how to get involved in conversations and we have so chapter 5 is veganism and animals you love or care about so it's like how you know talking about veganism with, with people who love animals or say they love animals or care about animals, how do you talk to them about veganism? Uh, we talk to, then we have in chapter six, veganism and unnecessary suffering and death. We we get people to focus on the fact that most people feel that most people who care about animals, and there are many of them, think it's wrong to inflict unnecessary suffering on animals, but yet they're not vegan. So we, we talk about how do you have a discussion? How do you start and have a discussion with someone who, who, is, um, who Who agrees that it's wrong to inflict unnecessary suffering on animals, but who isn't a vegan. And then in Chapter 7, we have uh, how do you talk about animal rights, because a lot of people are intimidated about the concept of rights, and we talk about how, how, do you, how you discuss veganism in the context of animal rights. And then um, Chapter 8 is talking with other animal advocates who reject veganism, more, uh, veganism as a moral baseline. That's a chapter in which we talk about how you – uh, talk to other animal advocates who are influenced by these large organizations and who think that Meatless Monday is a great idea, or welfare reform campaigns or single issue campaigns are wonderful ideas. We talk about how do you deal with them, and um, you know we. Well, that, how, thanks you,
0: for reminding me. I, I was having such a nice day sitting here with Daisy, listening yes. to Radio Bobby, and and sipping beet juice. By the way, my favorite. <laughs> this this company Lakewood is uh, this they have the this juice in glass bottles organic not from concentrate and today i tried the the beet They're, the company's not a sponsor but it, yeah i like juice from glass bottles and uh so uh they have this pure beet juice not from concentrate i often get the pineapple but their juices are quite delicious and i i was just having a great time listening to radio bobby and i i you know knew you were coming on and i thought i uh, i would refresh my memory on uh who um uh, uh, the top charities are this year from uh you know from the uh, animal charity evaluators yes and wow 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 not not really a vegan advocate uh, among them you know i mean it's like just everybody <laughs> who who promotes cage free eggs so yeah, well, it's, it's such a different world really, you know. Animal charity
3: advocators is a group of animal welfareists who tell people that animal welfareists are great and that they ought to give them money. Um they and 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 as we know there are all sorts of connections between the people um who are in the group recommending the welfareists and the welfareists in the groups who are being recommended.
0: Yeah, did, did, did you did you see the who who uh, the uh, top charities were this year by any chance? Or? I,
3: I actually I actually I I have to tell you. You've been writing the book.
0: What are you doing? We've been been
3: writing the book, and in the grand scheme of things, um, I care more about the movies that are showing up at the local Netflix box more than I care about what anything that animal charity evaluators says about anything. I just regard them as irrelevant, silly people. Um, who are engaged in the business of selling out animals but we do well, you know,
4: it's um i've stopped really worrying about them because um, they will they will uh, march on doing uh, pursuing their business model and um, making money and not making much difference for anything in fact probably making things worse yeah. but, well, you but know, know. The,
0: the thing is and i and i i have um i'm, I'm probably showing great anger and resentment since i i try to do all of what i'm doing through a 501c3 nonprofit, you know and uh when i see all these millions of dollars going to you know uh, so animal charity evaluators the number one at the top of the list animal equality international which is promoting cage-free eggs in latin america and and europe and asia i mean these are the people running off with with all the money that could help me do more summits more events more more media work i, I it might sound like sour grapes but uh the grapes are only going sour because they're they're not promoting eating them they're promoting eating eating chickens well, and eggs but
4: it's but, certainly yeah. aggravating and to say that i was ignoring them wasn't to suggest that it isn't aggravating but unless i'm going yeah. to go around angry all the time well, well, I, well am. I, I am i <laughs> am <laughs> just got to register what that situation is and move on yeah and yeah, that's yeah. what we always say to people it doesn't matter what they're doing um it, it's it's unfortunate but it's our opportunity and our responsibility to stretch ourselves and do the one-on-one grassroots vegan education that we know makes a difference in terms of getting the abolitionist message out mm-hmm. so it's it would be nice if the resources were put to work oh, the, but the we don't could go vegan so much
0: more quickly if if not for yeah i mean it's it, it's like the the you know, the, the animal exploitation industries getting donations directly in, in this case. Sure. It was animal Equality International, number one, the Humane League, again, on the list, number two, and the Good Food Institute. So, um, you know, all, you know, really uh, animal exploitation, you know, the, the, this is the animal betrayal specialist there. And even HSUS. Is on on the recommended list this year, the Humane sure. Society of the United States. So but uh,
4: The it. work has to be done with the world as it is. That's where we start. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate, and a lot needs to change. But the more abolition ve- vegans, more abolitionist vegans there are, the fewer people will be duped by that nonsense, um, and then resources will come into um, uh, getting the right message out. But um, we've got people and we need more people and we need more people with energy and dedication and a bit of self-discipline and a willingness to go beyond what they've done in the past and get this message out. And people will be, still be get, sitting in plush offices and bringing back down you know, nice salaries and things and it will grate on everybody's nerves. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, the message can get out. And I think if you look at in the past at any historical movement that's actually made a difference in, in bringing more justice to bad situations, they would have the same conversation, the same feelings that you're having that right now, Bob, that why aren't the right people doing the work? Why aren't the right voices being heard to move this forward and get closer to a situation of justice? So, um, you know, I register the exasperation and sometimes the anger, and then we need to go out and do the work.
3: Exactly. And, you know, Bob, I was really happy I was explaining my book to you, and then you started talking about the, the <laughs> inane league well, and other…
4: Well, hey, th- that it's, it's appropriate because the reason that we put this together was, you know, I mean, the last time you and I were together, Bob was the last, um, in person, was the last World Vegan Summit. And I said then that so many people come up to us after presentations and lectures and things and say, oh, that was great. And I wish I could do that. But, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my answer to them is always you can do it and you must do it. Not everyone is a natural speaker. Not everyone feels terribly comfortable about it at the beginning. You might be a bit nervous, a bit bit self-conscious, a bit worried and all that sort of thing but the more you do it, the more comfortable you feel doing it, and you need to do it even if you don't feel comfortable doing it. So that's why we put together um, – Advocate for Animals, yeah, an it's,
3: abolitionist it's a, vegan handbook.
4: It's a framework. We talk about practical examples. We have um, you know uh, submissions from other people who are doing it themselves uh, with few resources, um, and it's inspiring to see what other people are doing.
3: And so, the, in Chapter 8, we talk about talking about... Did talking, I
4: interrupt you like you are on the yeah. chapter, and then I went yeah. off like... Uh, <laughs> Bob,
3: you did. You did you, you all did. right,
0: ne- next chapter, Gary, by, then let's see by, how long by, we take to by, get to by Chapter by, 9, by, okay?
3: By, okay. By, by, yeah, chapter, chapter 8 is about dealing with all of these, uh, with the, you know, people like the Inane League and other other uh, welfarist types, and then Chapter 9 is... Some thoughts on talking with family and friends. Chapter ten is the dealing. Yes, the holidays are upon, yes, us. Holidays are upon <laughs> us, and then chapter ten is dealing with anxiety about veganism. What do you do with people who say, "Look, I want to go vegan," but you know, a lot of people don't realize that it's a very intimidating thing for a lot of people, and we need to sort of deal with that. We need to deal so with that.
4: Told it's difficult right. and expensive and right. strange and right. you know, isolating mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things. So. Yeah,
3: all of all of the all of the large groups. As you know, Bob, all the large groups tell everybody that going vegan is very difficult, so they reinforce the sense of anxiety that a lot of people have. So what we do in the book is we we have a chapter about how do you how do you deal with that anxiety. Make people feel comfortable without selling out, you know, without compromising the idea of veganism and veganism as a moral imperative. And then um, chapter eleven is seven common objections to veganism. Here we talk about plants, tradition, the food chain, the desert, you know, desert island, God, morality, and and those we, are
4: questions that we're all so familiar it, right. with if we're talking about veganism. And
3: we discuss those things in Eat Like You Care, our earlier book. But in this book, what we do is we provide examples of discussions about how to, how to actually have discussions with people about God or about, you know, the desert island. Well, what if I'm on a desert island, you know, or, you know, the sort of the extreme situation or, you know, what about plants um, and, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and then chapter 12 is uh, some thoughts on advocating other aspects of the abolitionist approach, because the the book is mainly about principle three well actually principle two and principle three principle three being veganism uh is a moral imperative principle two being abolitionists don't promote um uh welfare reform or single issue campaigns and don't support these large charities and chapter n uh, principle one is all sentient beings have the right not to be used as commodities and so the book sort of focuses on those three principles and and so we have we have in chapter 12 Talking about, you know, the problem of sentience, you know, the, the issue that, you know, we, we hear a lot of animal advocates say, well, whales matter more, elephants matter more than chickens because they're smarter um, and, and um, you know, that sort of thing. And then chat, principle five, human rights and animal rights, the problem of discrimination and principle six, uh, violence, the issue of violence. And then we have two appendices. We have in appendix one, the six principles of the abolitionist approach and in an ab- appendix two. Um, 10 logical fallacies. We give, you know, we give people sort of a, a little mini course in logical fallacies. So I think it's a, I mean, look, there's a lot we could have put in, um, that we didn't put in, um, you know, and we might do, who knows, we might do another, uh, another, another uh, issue, another, uh, volume. But I mean, it's, it's already, um, you know, it's, uh, uh 200 and i don't know 14 pages which is longer than our other two books and um and uh we didn't want to overwhelm people but i think this is a really good i mean it's a real there there's really nothing like this out there because you know all of the the advocacy handbooks are things that are written by welfareists. so basically they're handbooks about how to sell out animals and compromise animal interests and promote and harming animals um and um and uh, uh this is a unique in that in that sense is that it doesn't it doesn't do that
0: it, it, but it, 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 sounds, it sounds great now I guess I don't have to write it then gosh it sounds like a book I wanted to write, but okay, since you did it true there's a relief scratch that off my to-do list right Well Bob, <laughs> Bob let, me ask,
3: let me ask you this do you read books on Kindle? Um,
0: no, I don't
3: okay, because I was gonna gift you a Kindle version
0: but i but, but I can if you do.
3: Okay. All right. Good. Good. Then I will gift you a Kindle, yeah. and um, not a Kindle, but a Kindle copy. You know, you can, but you don't need a Kindle to. You can read it on anything actually, okay. and, and and you can read. Well, and, and and Kindle has a free. You can download a free Kindle reader for your phone or for your for your 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 uh, laptop. Okay. Or, or your desktop, and oh, so, or, or
0: a tablet. I am that modern to have a tablet. So. Yes,
3: you have. If you have a tablet, then you can you can download a you can download a Kindle reader. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's a, it's pretty good. And and um, you know we're, so, we're so,
0: really so. how do people then read it themselves? Do they get it via Kindle? And you say paperback?
3: I, I, well, it's
4: in paper. Also. No, no, it's in paper. Yeah. It's
0: in paper.
3: So
4: they can have a hard copy, or they can carry it around with them and read it. You know, as yeah, I mean, so, so they
0: can get it and read it on Kindle. Also, you're saying, right? It's yeah,
3: like, yeah. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, Kindle's got some deal now. I I only saw that today. They've got some deal where if you buy the the paperback, you can get the Kindle for two ninety nine or something. So you can get all of them, you know, for like I don't know, seventeen dollars or something. 12 dollars. So, so um, you know, uh, the book is twelve ninety nine and the Kindle is nine ninety nine, but um. It's uh, it it's a um, we're proud of it. I mean, and we're happy with it. We think it, you know, uh, the initial reactions we've gotten from people have been really, really positive, and um, and so we're um, you know, we're great. We're, great. It,
0: it, it sounds great. I'm just wondering, what if you're on a desert island with God <laughs> and an animal welfareist? Uh, that's a, a desert island. <laughs> With God and an animal welfare, then read the then, what, then what? read the book. It's in there. You have that combination, <laughs> right? Yes, of, you know. it's in there. exactly. So, exactly. So. Yes. All you need is is chapter eight and chapter uh,
3: ten. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh, so wait, so, wait.
0: so my, my thing this week was um, so I I was in a supermarket and I'm with Daisy and of course um, someone uh, lo- well everyone loves Daisy so a woman turned around and she she was uh, saying. Um, Oh, she's so gorgeous! I love her. She, you know, but she had a, a a carton of eggs in her hand. You know, so um, I didn't choose to really engage in in a baby chick conversation. But would you have done something at that moment as she's? Yes.
4: yes absolutely. What What,
0: what might you have done at that at that time?
4: Perfect moment. What
3: I would have done, and I do this stuff all the time, is it without you know without being in any way accusatory or hostile. If somebody says to me, oh, your dog is so cute, you know, because like, people, you know, if, if I have the dogs in the car and I, you know, I'm, I'm in the shopping center to pick up something, I don't leave them in the car. Even in cooler weather, I don't like to leave them in the car. Um, but if I have the dogs in the car briefly to run in to get some salad or something and somebody sees the dogs or it's, it's frequently the case, even wherever I park um that you know someone is standing by the car looking at the dogs well, there, are all six of them. There, there are six of them and it's something to sort of see and um and 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 so people say oh look at that one or look at this one or, you know it's so wonderful you know and, and i always do two things i always say these are all rescue dogs four of these dogs are cruelty cases and i point them out and i talk about um the four cruelty cases we have and and the situations in which they were found when we before we adopted them and um and then and I saw so, and I always say look you know you should always you know it, I love dogs I love dogs do you have one now no well why don't you adopt one or you know or do you have one now yes I do well you only have one yeah well you adopt another one they like to have company and um and so we talk about adopting um and rescuing uh or fostering and then the next thing I say all the time is let me ask you a question um are you vegan do you eat animals And 99.99999% of the time, people look at me and say, well, yeah, don't you? And I say, no, I don't. Neither do they. The dogs are vegan and I'm a vegan. And if you love animals, think about it. What's the difference between these, these six wonderful little people and the animals that we stick forks into? And, you know, Bob, I've never had anybody get angry with me. For raising that, I'm not saying everybody goes vegan. I'm sure that you know a lot of them don't. But I provoke them. You get them. You get them provoked and thinking in a positive way. For example, Anna and I were at the vet's. Remember, we were at the vet's. <laughs> we were at we were at the vet's not long ago. Um, it was probably three weeks ago. And um, and we were waiting to get in um, to see the ophthalmologist. Um, and uh, for one of our dogs who has a dry eye problem. And um, and so we were sitting there. Um just getting ready to spend huge amounts of money. um and there was a there was a, a couple there um, uh, and they were there with their they had a cat. pit was a cat was a cat, cat. I mean, it was a cat and um they had a cat who also had an eye problem. and um so we were all waiting to get into the ophthalmologist. And we started getting into a discussion about how much we loved our animals. And, you know, they were talking about how, you know, the cat was a was, you know, was was like a child to them and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they obviously love the cat because you don't take your cat to an ophthalmologist. I mean, these ophthalmologists, I don't know about California, but the ophthalmologists here, there aren't very many of them and they're they're pretty pricey. Mm-hmm. And um, and so you don't take your cat or dog or anybody to the veterinary ophthalmologist uh, unless you're, you know, you're 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 going to spend you, you you're you going to spend some resources on that animal because you care about that animal and so these people obviously loved their cat and um and and i i said to you know i said to the woman um uh you know uh we don't eat animals either and it's in, you know in large part because we really just don't see the difference between you know these. You know your your cat and our dog and the chickens that we eat and the fish and the cows and the pigs and the sheep and whatever. Um, they're all the same. And it was interesting because we talked for a few minutes and she said, "What was it? what did she?" She said something like, "You're making me think I don't like that." Yeah. <laughs> and, but she said it. She said it in a in very, a very in a very way. friendly way. Right. You know, she said, "You're making me think I don't like that." Mm-hmm. And and it was very clear that um, we had provoked her in a very positive way. Now, I don't know what happened um, when, you know, we all left that day. But my guess is she was thinking, well, she was clearly thinking about it. She was clearly thinking about it. And her partner who was sitting there was mostly looking at a uh, uh, some football game or something Mm -hmm. that was on the television in the office. But at at Points, he was sort of coming you know he was like sort of nodding and he was listening a little bit and i had the feeling that um they talked about this on the way home but i do we do this all the time bob i mean so if, if somebody says to you you know oh daisy is so cute um and they've got well, a cart, I,
0: I get it all day long all up and down the aisles that's all i hear is ah, ah, ah. so you know people are Approaching me all the time, so uh, sometimes I get started on something. And just this day, she turned around, she had an egg carton in her hands, and I, I said, "Am I going to get started on baby chicks and how she would feel about them and how adorable they would be to her?" And I, I just I, I didn't say anything, you know what I mean? And it was like, ah, oh, I, I, uh, if I would have had a fast, uh, some something fast at that time, but just sometimes it's like. Oh,
4: well, even, even if you have a very limited opportunity or you're not quite sure of the dynamic that's that's at work there, I mean, it's, sometimes it's easier just to bring it back to you, Bob. You know, it's just like you don't have to say, you know, how that woman feels about eating animals. You can just say, oh, she's adorable, isn't she? And, you know, and that's what made me stop eating animals. Yeah. You know, we, you can a- just – you can just make it about you and then you'll there see you if you know the- that,
0: that that's a good one for a moment like that yeah also um, in, in that store I had uh, somebody passed me by and she saw um on daisy you know on daisy's uh, collar it says go vegan you know so, yeah. so uh she said oh go vegan that's great you know and i said well are you vegan then and she said yeah. no she said no so i said well Good. could i convince you to go vegan today perhaps you know this was as she's walking off with her shopping cart that was the best i could you know could i convince what? you to go vegan today may i suggest
4: She's obviously interested or else she wouldn't have commented on it it's not oh isn't that a nice tartan print collar or something (laughs) i get that from a lot
0: of non-vegans though it's always like all right vegan you know and i go all right how long are you vegan
4: well i'm actually not it's like what a lot lot of people are thinking about it a lot of people are uncomfortable with the problems that we're all aware of they're aware of them too so every i think i think they admire it they i
0: think you know there's there's a certain admiration about it too that you know it is it is the right thing and i i should be there so i'll give this guy a high five and hope within the next couple of months i go there maybe i don't you know so um.
4: (laughs) next time they see you they may re-engage you or you've made them a little bit more ready to hear the next Abolitionist vegan, mm. who yeah. yeah. Those. Oh,
0: and, and, and by the way, I just want you to know uh, the the guest uh, on on this uh, program, whom I interviewed uh, prior to our conversation, is uh, Gustav Soderfelt, who was a humane pig farmer in Sweden, who <laughs> is uh, vegan now. I think for about four or five years, he said, and uh, I think people. Uh, who have bought the humane myth uh, uh would 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 learn something from listening to 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 what he had to say and uh and, and by the way originally he wanted to get into it to help animals and and his thinking was that you you had to have meat it it, w- it just wasn't even a question in his mind that you know you could you could live life without eating animal products it just you know it, it, it was interesting that that was his you know, foundation in it. It's like, I I never considered that you could live without meat. It was just, that's the way it is.
4: I'm glad you brought that point up, Bob, because I think we need to remind ourselves, particularly those of us who've been vegan for a long time, and it's so obvious to us that we didn't need to eat uh, animals and obviously shouldn't have eaten them. But the many, many people... Still think that it's very hard to do without animal products, or that it's unhealthy, or blah blah blah. So you know you've spoken to someone who's had that experience, You had to had to get out of that way of thinking. But so many people that you talk to are reluctant to even you know encounter the uh, engage the idea because they think it's going to be harmful or too difficult or that it be precarious for the health or something like that. So we shouldn't forget that that's the sort of common thinking about, about animal right. products. I, I, I was
0: thinking that exactly, exactly your point on that, which was, you know, I'm vegan now for 33 years. I'm overlooking a basic like that, yeah. like, like that's how somebody feels, you know? I, right. mean, I, I mean,
4: I know Gary always uh, emphasizes that when you're speaking is that, that people think it's a health problem, right, exactly. Not just it's going to be an inconvenience, but that it might be a threat to them.
3: Yeah, I mean, we we deal with this in the book. Um, we talk about how animal people really need to understand something, and that is um, that many people still think they're going to die if they don't eat animal products.
4: And that's why it, we put that chapter on anxiety in yeah. there about the the anxiety of the prospect of going vegan. Yeah, and it's hard for you know us you know, the, we long-term vegans to think about that. But many of the people that we're talking to are at that point.
3: And, and I think, you know, um, when I think about how good I feel, um, you know, and, and how, how the fact that I don't get colds and I'm, you know, I, I, I mean, I feel, you know, I feel great. Um, and, I think it's so silly. How could anybody you know, I, I I have to sort of remind myself that most people think that what I do is very unhealthy. And so I think it's really necessary. I don't I don't think animal people should be giving nutritional advice out unless they're unless they have degrees in it or qualifications. But I do think people need to know enough. So that they can point people in the direction so they can they can say, look, you know, here are a bunch of websites, you know, you can go look at the, you know, at this group and that group and this government organization, that governor, because they all say the same thing. They all say, well, you know, you got to worry about B12, but it's actually, you know, perfectly fine to not eat animal products. And indeed, it may be healthier for you. So you know, um, I think we need to educate ourselves better so that we can educate people but but the I, body- I
0: just got contacted by a life insurance company that is giving major discounts to vegans, really, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: so. yeah, well, I mean look so i i think I think that you know the solution to things like you know. Uh, animal charity evaluators and the inane league and all of the you know and mercy for animal exploiters and all is, of these. Other- they
0: should send all of the money they were going to send to the meat industry to go vegan radio. Right, they- exactly.
3: Yes, they they should do that. <laughs> um, but but what they need to do is basically everybody needs to become a leader. Everybody needs to you know to 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 take seriously their obligation. It's not a, it's not a matter of what you want to do. It's a question of if you believe that animals are uh, suffering a terrible injustice then you have an obligation to do something about that terrible injustice and and what you need to do is be educating people about why they need to not participate in the injustice and that's what the book's about and you know that's what we think advocacy's about i mean really i mean the reality is we ain't never going to see any progress as long as the field is dominated by these these welfare corporations is what they're businesses these welfare businesses we're never going to see any progress mm-hmm. and and so but what we need to do is just work around it and it's happening when I mean, we already see this happening all over the place people are getting smart to the fact that these groups are just nothing but sellout organizations that they're silly that they need to be ignored that they don't need to be supported that's for sure and um and people are looking for ways that they can make a difference. And everybody can make a difference. And if, if this is gonna work, everyone's got to make a difference. So that's what it's about. And and you know, and I but I, I do think we've got to take seriously the fact that people still believe that, you know, it's something that they've got to do, it's a natural thing to do that they can't imagine. I mean for a lot of people when they first hear that you know they shouldn't be eating any animal products, it's like saying it, it, what they are hearing is something like well you shouldn't be drinking water or breathing air what, what are you talking about you know I mean how, how can you say that that's an, you know it's natural that we should do these things And the answer is what we've got to do is deconstruct and show that um, that what's natural is not participating um, in this in this horrible, Injustice—that it is not only a horrible rights violation, but that it's destroying the planet and is destroying us along with the planet—and um, you know, we just need a different way of thinking about it. Um, you know, we we need to shift paradigms, as it were.
0: Well, and and it, and it is moving in that direction, as I recall from the information from that insurance company that's going to give uh, discounts to vegans. I mean, the uh, millennial generation is uh, very vegan-friendly. Um, large uh, vegan population what what age would that be you you would know that would would you what, what, what? Who, who are the millennials like what what what's the age uh, bracket for millennials because that seems to be like the uh I don't know twenty the, the heavy vegan population, uh, very 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 open to vegan.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Everybody's younger than
3: we are, so I can't. <laughs> I can't say young people. I think it's like mostly like you know maybe twenties and early thirties. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I yeah. just don't know. But um, but uh, yeah, no. Actually, I have to tell you, a lot of the younger people, whatever they what however you classify them, a lot of the younger people are really, they, they understand this. They get it. They're very vegan friendly, as it were. Um. And there are also a lot of them, not all of them, unfortunately, but a lot of them are very skeptical about these large organizations. I mean, they they understand that you know, you know, the um, that the large the, the the traditional charities are are um, problematic, and I think a lot of them see the you know the the um, you know the, the 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 T-shirts and the street theater and that sort of stuff is also just sort of versions, you know, di- di- different versions of the same thing. Speaking of T-shirts and street theater, I understand that um, are we going to be speaking with Wayne Shun uh, at the end of January? Is that is that yes, the case?
0: Yes, we're uh, we've arranged uh, a time for us to do an interview uh, late January. So late January, we'll hear uh, a discussion among uh, you and. Wayne Shun and me, um, and uh, sh- should be interesting. I see that now. There, I'm, I'm seeing Wayne collecting tens of thousands of dollars um, for the for the campaign to rescue hundreds of chickens in 2018. So um, that uh, that seems to be generating tens of thousands of dollars, and I'm I'm here with vegan advocacy and vegan education and. Twelve dollars to to our charity's name. How has that happened? And the thing is, you know, w- what about rescuing hundreds of chickens in 2018 um, when we really need to be rescuing billions by people going vegan? But I'm also concerned about people. I don't know, getting involved with breaking and entering, like 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 yeah, taking I, yeah. taking good yeah. advocates and and moving them, you know, getting them into trouble when they could be advocating for the vegan cause I, I I'm not quite sure what's going on here but I'm interested in talking to Wayne about it
3: um, well you know look I think that that approach is um, uh, problematic in a number of respects and I'm sure that we'll all we'll get into it with um, with Wayne when we all chat but because uh, yeah. it is problematic in a number of respects and um, you know it's a gimmick I mean this whole idea this whole thing about you know the the you know that I mean it's a gimmick um, and it was some you know years ago when patty mark pioneered the the whole open rescue thing in australia you know people didn't really it was before the internet decades before the internet and people didn't really know what factory farms were and and you know they didn't really understand intensive agriculture and patty you know did i mean patty did raise consciousness about um about what was going on in these places? Um, because a lot of people didn't really know what was going on, and and but now nobody doubts. I mean, everybody knows what these places are. Um, as a matter of fact, it would be impossible for you to be interested in animals and not know what these places are. And and um, and the idea that we need people to be going in and doing open rescues is nonsense. Open rescues now are nothing but gimmicks to make money for these groups that's all and you know wayne is wayne's a, wayne's a, uh you know say what you want about him wayne has got marketing skills
0: and um <laughs> he, so, he definitely know. yeah he gets attention he gets in yeah. the media that's for sure exactly. Exactly. and we are talking about way uh, wayne shun of direct action everywhere or DXE, in case uh, people don't know the, the wayne to whom we refer uh not uh not 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 Wayne Senior at H S U S who's <laughs> who'd never come on this who would never come on this program anyway, so um yeah. So uh all right. Uh yeah, so that's late January, so we'll we'll have that discussion and uh keep on keeping on again the new book is advocate for animals An abolitionist vegan handbook Gary Francione and Anna Charlton anything else about it or well, you
3: know it, read it it's good and we'll, we're going to be doing a, um, a webinar on it I have to check I think it's the 30th I think it's the 30th of this month we're doing a, a, um, a webinar on, on it um, and uh, once again our Colleague Alan O'Reilly is going to be hosting a um, the webinar. Yes, yes, you can join too. You can you can come too, Daphne. Um, I think l- I'm just checking the date. Yes, it yes, is. It's the 30th, and I believe so everyone it is. will be it's,
4: ready, new year, new ideas, and right. get going. It,
3: it's 4 p.m. Um, it's, uh, I think, going to be 4 to 7 or 4 to 6 or 7 um, Eastern time. So, you know, uh, people in California will not have an excuse. Uh, and the
0: 30th is what day of the week? I it is, it
3: is uh, Saturday. It's Saturday the 30th and um, Sunday being New Year's Eve. But we thought, you know, we would do a year-end webinar to get people – you know, psyched for the new, for the new year, and um, George, could you please stop that? Is <laughs> George is making, George, 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 George is digging, George doesn't, un- George doesn't understand that, that he can't dig through the carpet, um, but he's trying, and um, he's trying.
4: They're all tired of being quiet.
3: Yeah, they're tired, they're all tired, they're tired of being quiet, so they're all getting a rambunctious now so we will leave you now Bob because it's just a matter of time before they start getting really rambunctious and then it will be a cacophony um, you know, it's just. But that's okay. Got... Free,
0: freedom of bark. Uh, we practice that's freedom exactly. of bark on this show. You,
3: you so. have Daisy when she sort of gets irritated and wants to go for a walk. You've got like a little bit of yapping.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. You know, or, when... uh, or you know, somebody coming to the door. You know, you just never know. So but they
4: uh, know that yeah. we're outnumbered. Yes, yes, so. yes. But when you got
3: you got six of them, Bob, they know. They know they outnumber you. <laughs>
4: and,
3: and when they start getting pissed off. It gets ugly. That, that,
0: that's <laughs> funny. All it takes is one for me, you know, so that, and it works. It seems exactly. to work.
3: But anyway, well, thank you very much for having us, and we'll talk with you again next week, and, um, and we're looking forward to it.
0: Thank you so much, Gary and Anna. We'll talk again soon. Take okay, care. Bye-bye. You almost on Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden at goveganradio.com on Facebook Go Vegan Radio with Bob Linden, Twitter at GoVeganRadio Radio, and our website is goveganradio.com, where there are hundreds of archives that you can hear, and you can also make a tax deductible donation there to support the program, which we would greatly appreciate. You can also support us through Patreon subscription that would be just great too and you can uh, you can write a check to go vegan radio we are a 501c3 nonprofit um and you can mail your check to PO box 475414 San Francisco California 94147 I do this program on daisy standard time daisy is the boss I uh, work around her schedule and her... It is her schedule, so... um, I think she's letting me continue the show for a moment here now. We just uh, went out for a little walk. Daisy loves her Evolution vegan dog food. Maybe that's why she's so full of energy. She has fiber in her diet. So, uh, yes, Evolution, uh, which uh, we greatly support. Um... I don't know if you know what is actually in uh, commercial so-called pet food, but uh, you could be feeding your beloved dogs and cats uh, animals who are sick and ground baby chicks, spent hens, sewage, steroid growth hormones, blood meal, animal plasma, antibiotics, and yes, even the rendered bodies of dogs and cats and the agents that euthanize them so you get none of that in evolution vegan dog and cat food um you you get some uh, wonderful discounts from evolution Uh, 25% off your first order. If you are a new customer, your first order of dry food when you call 800-659-0104. That's 800-659-0104. If you order on the first Wednesday of any particular month, Uh, you get 20% off dry food and 10% off canned food. Again, that phone number is 800-659-0104. And special arrangements are made uh, for those who are having um, financial difficulties. So, uh, check it out. Daisy Daisy loves her evolution. Uh, Right, baby girl? And uh, Daisy... Could be the subject of uh, some wonderful artwork, you know. Actually, I would suggest uh, maybe we look at a couple of wonderful vegan artists for holiday gifts. And uh, Daisy could be the subject of uh, well, the finest art, right? Victoria um, victoriahart.weebly.com dot Weebly dot com, dot dot com. Um, victoria is a vegan artist and she does my life coloring book and my life coloring page and you send her a jpeg of the uh, beloved animals in your life and they become part of a a coloring art experience for you and the kids so again that's victoria hart victoria h-a-r-t dot weebly dot com and uh... Also, um, as a holiday gift, we had Preston Smith, a wonderful vegan artist, on our program some weeks back. You can listen to that program at GoVeganRadio.com. And Preston is offering a 20% discount to Go Vegan Radio listeners. For holiday gifts, and a donation will then be made to Go Vegan Radio, your favorite 501c3 nonprofit that exclusively promotes, advocates, and uh, educates about veganism. Sorry, if you're looking for cage free eggs, you have to go to all the millionaire groups uh, about whom we spoke earlier in this program. So uh so Preston Smith go to pmsartwork.com pmsartwork.com and use the code govegan i think it's supposed to be all in caps uh, all in caps GOVEGAN as the code and you get a 20% discount on the artwork um and you're really gonna like what you see there and go vegan radio gets uh, a donation and uh, we're gonna really like what we see there then uh we really could use your help and support um you know so many expenses and so many things we want to do you know so anyway we are the nonprofit that just hates to ask for money. You know, we just, we just wanted to appear magically, while everybody else is just, oh, the middle of the night tear jerker uh, uh, commercials on TV. Ah, <sighs> okay. Anyway, so. Um, Check out possumswelcome.org, that website, and you can get involved um, in the uh, ground floor stages of creating a little farm animal sanctuary nonprofit. Um, it is a vision where there will be a small vegan cafe, and bed and breakfast, and weekly gatherings and discussions on veganism and yoga. And, all things compassionate. So you can help make this dream become a reality by going to possumswelcome.org. Possumswelcome.org. And uh, I wish wish, uh, them all the best, all the best for that. Um, Let's see. Oh, I did mention Vegetarian House earlier in the program. Uh, I do... uh, like to uh ask you to support your local hundred percent vegan restaurants I think they they really put it on the line for the cause and vegetarian house is a great example of a great vegan restaurant it's in the bay area uh in San jose five twenty east santa clara street um and um just some of the most amazing food so i mean if you just want to see um just you know <laughs> we we don't sacrifice anything the food there is so good and the menu is immense so check it out vegetarian house also caters so uh... and that business is booming so if you have an event coming up in the bay area a business event a social event you're getting married uh... you want to impress everyone with the food and who doesn't um, it's part of what makes any event great right you get great food great music great speakers voila you have a World Vegan Summit and Expo. Um, which, you know, we need to raise funds. We are, as grassroots, uh, a nonprofit, very small. We don't get those big donations that they're getting for promoting humane meat. Uh, we're just in it for the vegan cause. And if you are too, there is a donate button at goveganradio.com. We have just so many expenses and so many desires on our wish list to uh promote veganism and we do have a history of it this program right here is um coming up on 17 years of age who would have thunk it when we started it back in 2000 2001 when we started on krla in los angeles i imagined uh we'd be allowed maybe A week or two on air before we're just thrown off the air it's like we can't have content like that on the air um all of other all of our other advertisers are offended they're selling meat and dairy and fish and eggs and leather and feathers and fur and wool and wool and silk and whatever so uh we turned out to be one of the more popular programs uh on the radio stations that ran go vegan radio with Bob Linden uh, we've always had to pay for airtime so we've always been faced with uh, financial challenges and we are now too I mean really um, and it would be great if you could help and as you can see uh, oh many of those big name charities are involved with causes with which you may not agree they they have a lot of money coming in you know the lifetime achievement award winner standout charity for animal charity evaluators um which we discussed earlier um humane society of the united states brings in what is it about 130 million dollars a year it has a couple of hundred million in the bank and it's still asking for you to send money um and we just want to do all that we can to uh spread the vegan message um if you want to support a hot and sexy vegan fashion line and a vegan company, go to SonusDenim.com. That's spelled S as in strawberry, O as in orange, N as in nectarine, A as in apple, S as in strawberry, um, denim as in jeans, dot com. Each pair of jeans is uniquely made from 50 pieces of denim here in sunny, fiery, smoky California. Yoga pants available too. Uh, fashion that feels great and looks great at SonasDenim.com. S-O-N-A-S Denim.com for uh, jeans and yoga pants. You know, I recently posted the article I wrote for yogi times uh now many years ago a plate of ahimsa please and when i sent it around i said as the saying goes yoga without veganism uh is just stretching in uh expensive pants so uh i didn't hear back anything about the article i wrote but everybody really was into that uh Oh, yeah, yoga without veganism is just like, you know, stretching in expensive pants. And credit goes to Eddie McDonald in Las Vegas, who said that to me uh, some months back. And so, uh, yeah, Eddie McDonald gets the credit. I wrote the article. Um, Let me see here, Um, environmental news... And, you know, again, whenever we talk about climate change, we're basically talking about uh, a situation mainly caused by people who eat meat, dairy, fish, and eggs. The top climate specialists in the world tell us animal agriculture is the number one cause of climate change, responsible for at least 51% of human-generated greenhouse gas emissions. I don't care if I'm repetitive on this issue, uh, because you really don't hear it anywhere else. Uh, tell me if you hear it from any of the top charities, uh, any of the designated top charities from animal charity evaluators, huh? Uh, you you just don't you just don't hear that, and you know this is. I'm not just saying that because I love animals. It's because the world's top climate specialists say it. Robert Goodland and Jeff Anhang in an assessment uh, for the World Bank. Uh, Google it, livestock and climate change. Uh, you'll see. That's the cause. And those same climate specialists tell us that going vegan is the only solution. And, uh, you know, when you consider the environmental devastation associated with meat, dairy, fish, and eggs, I mean, it goes beyond being the number one cause of climate change. I mean, deforestation, soil erosion, desertification, uh, I mean, you name it. Habitat destruction, resource depletion, water I mean, it's all right there. And in Live Science, an article that tells us, diving scientists report big changes beneath Antarctic ice shelf. Ah, so what uh, What are the meat, dairy, fish, and egg eaters causing now? Let's uh, read from this article a little bit. It says climate change may be leading to shifts in the... Communities of sea life beneath the Antarctic ice shelf, researchers say scientists diving beneath the sea um, ice uh, at the edge of Antarctica's uh, Ross ice shelf have discovered unexpected changes in the uh, seafloor ecosystem compared to previous studies of the same area. And they think the... um, thinning of the ice shelf uh, caused by climate change may be to blame. Uh, It says, quote, surprisingly, big changes in the coastal seafloor communities have occurred in only a few years. Patrick uh, Desjardins, uh, forgive the pronunciation, I'm sure it's nowhere near correct, Uh, one of the... uh, one of three researchers from Finland on the uh, expedition along uh, with six from New Zealand wrote in a dispatch from the team's uh, camp in the ice shelf near New Harbor in uh, the uh, Ross Sea. Let's see if I can get down to the changes they were discussing. Let's see. Two days ago, two of the researchers uh, did the first dive uh, this year under the ice in crystal clear water, and much to everyone's surprise, the animal community on the seafloor had changed dramatically since the last visit in 2009. Uh, Let's see... Uh, for the duration of the six-week expo. Wait, let's see. Let me see. I know it, it talks about... Uh, let's see. I guess Daisy has something to say. Freedom of bark, Daisy. Freedom of bark. Um, let's see. It says, The seafloor beneath Antarctica's ice shelves is usually in complete darkness and lacks most of the... Uh, marine snow of uh, phytoplankton and other biological material that uh, rains down from the uh, sunlit levels of uh, other uh, parts of the ocean. Uh, Let's see. It says, uh, what used to be a very stable, sparse, and food deprived animal community on the seafloor under the thick of uh, ice in the new harbor is now much richer with uh, more species and higher uh densities of animals uh okay so that's what's changing there well maybe okay so maybe there'll be uh more life in the ocean as the you know we we drown in it okay so uh, so that's that's what's happening. I guess the light is making it down to the ocean floor. Okay. So there you have it. Okay. Well, this has been quite the program, hasn't it? Uh, I hope you enjoyed our discussion with uh, Gustav, the humane pig farmer gone vegan. Uh, we hope uh, you enjoyed our undercover discussion uh, undercover microphone at the animal charity evaluators awards dinner uh, and go get the new book from gary francione and anna charlton and make a donation to go vegan radio help us keep going and growing and making things happen okay there's a donate button at go vegan uh, you can uh, support us through patreon subscription And now you can go back to the entertainment, our 24-7 musical entertainment, our music radio station, with no commercials for anything to do with eating, wearing, or using animals. Just uh, probably the the best music you've ever heard on one radio station ever. And that is at Radio Bobby. That's Radio B-O-B-B-Y dot com. Thanks for listening. Happy holidays. No holiday music on Radio Bobby.